Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 21 of the 2014-15 postseason. This is show 163. This one we're calling off-season preparation, keeping it simple. Um, and in this one, obviously, we're going to be talking about what you're going to need to do to get going early and get your teams prepared for next season in fantasy football. As usual, I got to the left of me, Houdini, across the way. I've got Stag Party. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. Dog, I think, will be back from vacation next week. He's down in Florida playing golf. Uh, but should be fun, interesting stuff where we uh, are just talking about some of the interesting news that's happening in fantasy football. And obviously there's a lot of coaching changes, a lot of great things happening. Uh, amazing games last week that I'm sure we'll touch upon, but let's try and keep it to a lot of uh, information about what each of us plan to do this offseason or the things we do every offseason to be the best that we can be. At the beginning of each show, you introduce yourself, you introduce Zorak. I just thought it would be nice one time if you introduced me too. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Maltar, Maltar, Maltar. You're only the director. No one sees or cares about you. Zorak and I are the talent. I thought you hated Zorak. I do hate you. Hey, Space Ghost. Want to hear a funny joke? See, Maltar, this is what I'm talking about. Ugh. Quiet, Maltar. Your heat will throw off his timing, and that's why you suck. Okay, here we go. Uh, um, knock, knock. Um, who's there? you. <laughs> well done, Zorak. So anyway, Maltar, I'm always open to ideas that might make the show better. How about I come out at the beginning of every show and hit you upside the head with a hammer? I'd watch that show. And light your teeth on fire and puncture your eardrums with golf tees until your spinal fluid leaks out. Thank you, Maltar, but... And I do the hammer part. You can do the lighting his teeth on fire part. What? No, I do the hammer. I do the hammer. You always do the hammer. I'm the hammer. Me. Zorak is the hammer. Zorak is the hammer. All right, it's settled. Zorak is the hammer. Maltar, you suck. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Udini had a, an interesting childhood of watching TV. And that's not even childhood. That's like, that's like, co- that's like yeah, your that's 20s. College years. Funny Wait, stuff. That? That's Hello, I'm Space Ghost. Space Ghost. What was that on Comedy Channel? Uh, Cartoon Planet. Cartoon Planet. Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it was like that was like part of like Adult Swim before Adult Swim, and yeah, yeah. it's true, true. 
Uh, and the intro like music was Incubus. Or, or whatever, yeah. Incubus is the music, and we'll also do the outro with them as well. So I'm gonna just um, I'm gonna just ask you guys to kind of round robin and you know talk about whatever you want in football. Uh, this is kind of fun not having a game this week that we have to talk to. It's been. 20, it's been 20 weeks or 20s, yeah, 20 weeks since we've had uh, been able to not talk about a game. So that's kind of nice. Uh, Stats, give me a, give me an idea of uh, something that you're doing this off season to prepare yourself for next year for fantasy football. Well, I'm writing a shitload of pieces right now. So in going and writing those pieces, I'm kind of looking at you know the numbers, doing lots of charts, uh, you know, because everybody likes charts. The more charts, the better. Uh, you know, as long as you get to see the numbers, kind of look at them tangibly, compare them, you know, across positions and between guys and positions, kind of gives you a good idea of, you know, things that happened last year and ways you can kind of use those things to your advantage next year. Um, what, give, give me an example of one thing that you, I know you get, you gave us a piece today that, uh, I'm going to try and get up on the site tomorrow. And that is the uh, ROI, isn't it? The uh, ADP return on investment piece. The top 200 ROI. So basically, you just kind of go through, you know, everybody's ADP, where they were drafted, uh, and then kind of take it back to, you know, where they finished the season. Fantasy Uh, points. In terms of total fantasy points. And it's, you know, an interesting looking chart. Uh, It was part of our draft kit last year. Uh, It'll probably be a part of it again. So it's... You know, one of the things that we're using more in the full. Uh, and it, it can kind of give you some interesting takes on certain players. Uh, you know, the most, the best drafted player last year in a standard league would have been Eric Decker. Uh, he finished at 82nd and was drafted pretty much 82nd overall, uh, you know, during, in terms of his ADP. So that's kind of an interesting fact. Looking at it for a few seconds. Decker. I, I like it because it, it's also something in conjunction of what I kind of want to do this offseason. One of the things that I want to do is, again, I I want to go deeper. So I don't even want to just look at this year and last year. I want to take that information and, and find that information. What were the average draft positions of, of players over the last five or ten years? I think I can go back and get stats. I think it's back as far as 2005. So I'm going to go back to 2005 and start figuring out, okay, so for the quarterbacks, what was their average draft uh, position, 1 through 15? Uh, you know, and, and then see where did they actually finish up in points. And then see if there's any correlation. See what, you know, and knowing what you know, you can rearview mirror things looking back and try to find the trends uh, over the years that are going to then lead me to have a better idea of, okay, now here's where they're all stacking up this year. Now it's what it is. Instead of just going, oh, it's always because you're going by the name and because of you know it's it's the offense and you're and you, you want to look at things in, the, in that microcosm, but I think you also want to look in the macrocosm and go into the into the bigger scope and say, okay, well, let me also see where this is all coming from. Yeah, I think um, I think the ADP and looking back at where things actually ended up and where. Um, you know, we had them in our rankings preseason is, is a very good exercise. So, um, and the same thing that I like to do is go to my tiers, and we've already done that. We've done the tiers piece. I think we mentioned a little bit a couple podcasts ago, but we've done gone back and looked and said, how did we do on our tiers? How did you fare? You know, we've got the numbers of your tiers, and we got the number of where these guys ended up. 
where were you good and where were you bad? And I was terrible at running back, which is exactly where I was terrible in all my leagues. So of course, it makes total, the correlation is, is 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 spot on. So I really need to look in this off season, and I didn't have a great season. I was coming off a pretty solid five year fantasy run. Uh, more or less, but I did not have a good season this year. So I really this offseason want to check and really get down and dirty. Maybe uh, I, I was too busy. We were all working on the site or what have you last year, but I don't think I did the preparation as much as I usually do. Um, and I've got to change that. And I think it starts now. It starts not you. You still got game. You still got a game to watch, and you still got a lot of stats that are up and live websites that you use and pay for. You know, example that you got is uh, that are still live and showing you all your materials, and you can go and and, and you just got to get it while it's hot. Because in in a month and a half, uh, you know, you're back on to the next season. So it's good to reflect on the past season um, as much as possible. Well, I think, too, when you talk about the tiers, you know, this is a, 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 a thing that I discussed with you and Dog, and I, I showed you my, this little chart that I'm coming up with, and I think it's about taking our tiers to the next level. So this is something, Stags, that we all need to be together. This is a better as a group type of a thing, because I look at this as, like, how, you know, uh, we're going to get better, though, is, is by doing it in a draft room type style. So you're breaking players into tiers, and you're breaking them into, into where do you think they're going to be projecting early for next year. So, is the guy a riser? Is the guy a faller? Okay, you're going to put him into that category. Then you're going to have like seven different subcategories. Uh, does he have a steady offensive line? What's the situation with the coaching staff? What's the, you know, how long have they been in the offense? You know, and have all these different factors that are going to break them down. And then we start moving guys into all these different categories. And this is something that I think then. As we, and you know, is there a potential for a free agent to be signed? Is there a rookie that's going to be drafted? You know, where's the competition coming from? Uh, wh- what's their strength of schedule of what they're going up against next year? And then really have all that minutiae into our tiers. So then when you're looking at a player, if you define him and we can categorize them however it comes down at the end, maybe it's three categories, four categories, whatever, and then you, you color code and whatever, and you know, okay, well, I need a guy that's a steady Eddie guy right now. I want this guy. This is the guy I need to be drafting for my team right now. Yeah, no, I think that getting that uh, secondary components uh, and tertiary components to our tiers just to give them more ammo and more information at the actual level uh, there will just be helpful because we want you to use your opinions. We want you to do put your spin on what we're doing there. And I think that by giving you more information, it helps you to say, you know what? I actually don't agree with them because they just drafted this rookie run, uh, guy running back, and I think that's going to eat into his jobs. Uh, Hill last year with the Bernard or someone, and I think if we give you the more information, you can make the better decision for yourself because we're trying to teach you how to fish. We don't want you just going by what we're saying. Stags, give me another uh, um, off-season dealio. I got, a, I got a lot more on this ROI chart I want to talk. Yeah, about. go for it. Awesome, awesome. Let's hit I mean, up. There's a. I spent like 15 minutes looking at like 15 minutes to an hour, depending on what was going on at the time, just looking at, you know, all the pieces I've kind of done so far, all the charts I've done, and I just kind of wrote down some bullet points on each, so, uh, you know, starting with the ROI one, you know, there were some guys that were also well drafted, uh, in terms of Fred Jackson was right around there, uh, Greg Olson, your boy, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, we all wish he was our boy. Tim Wright and, you know, James Starks, you know, they were pretty much exactly drafted where they finished. Uh, But one thing it really made me realize, in terms of pure return on investment, why would you draft a quarterback early? No matter where you draft a quarterback, they are always going to exceed 
you know, their draft slot in terms of pure point value. That's true, but I will tell you this, because I got burned in my league this year because I waited on a quarterback. And Who still I, exceeded his value in terms of ROI. It does not matter. It's what it's the amount of points Compare he scores to the, uh, to to the, the, rest, other, of the, to the rest of the quarterbacks. And the problem is, is that I was stuck with uh, the running quarterbacks. And the, and the problem is, in my league, there is no benefit for running quarterbacks. Know your league. I was expecting uh, a Tony Romo or you know one of these other guys to, to slide to me in, in the next round. And they weren't there, and I had to take Colin Kaepernick because that was all that was left. So light the match, yeah. It, it, it hit the fuse, and it was a slow burn that, <laughs> yeah. that killed me all year. Exactly. So you still probably had a chance at a Tannehill there too. Yeah, no. But when I was going to grab him as my backup, he got snagged one pick ahead of me. So then I had to take, and, I, and it was uh, it was uh, it was RG three at the beginning of the year. I mean, oh. just in terms of the ROI chart, uh, overall <laughs> at the positions, four players. You know, didn't exceed their you know uh, draft spot value. Four well, listen, players. Well, let's understand this though too. I mean, cause I, I I I I like to play devil's advocate, but let's let's think about it. How often does a first or second round pick ever equal their return on your investment? They're they're always going to be overpaid for for what they're going to end up most likely. Absolutely, I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay, that's but a- just everything with quarterbacks, you know, it seems like they're all very very close to each other. So, you know, the four guys who didn't reach their value, you know, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, uh, they were close enough to the final finish that it was pretty much negligible. They gave, they gave you value that they were supposed to. Uh, you know, the two guys that didn't were RG3 and Nick Foles. You know, RG3, you know, whatever you want to say about him, he just didn't score touchdowns this season. Uh, Why Nick, not? Nick Foles got injured, uh, so there's that. He probably would have exceeded the value. But he was high and low though when he was playing. Foles, but he was still a good he, fantasy yeah, no, quarterback. Agree, he was scoring at eighteen points a game. I agree. I mean, for fantasy purposes, I you don't give. Expect, a, I thought he was going. You don't rise. give a crap about you know how he plays throwing a couple interceptions. But you know, it also got me looking at a couple different things in terms of fantasy. You know, points per game. So the difference between the first quarterback and the thirteenth. I play a lot of twelve-team leagues, so I considered that to be a fairly standard kind of deviation. Uh, was five point two for running backs? It was six point eight uh, with wide receivers. It was five point six points a game, and tight ends it was six point three. So that just proves that if you're able to draft the best running back in any given season, that you're going to have a pretty statistical edge over the other positions. Finding the right guy is well, the that, problem. That's though. always the problem. Well, listen, I'll tell you this because, like, my league that just finished up the playoffs, where it went into the playoffs, uh, the guy who had the first pick, all he had on his team, he had uh, Dan Heron basically on his team, and he took Gronkowski because uh, tight ends can score really good in our league. The next guy took Marshawn Lynch. And every year in our playoffs, in the actual playoffs, it's who has the best running back that wins the, the trophy every year. Yeah, makes so, sense. So it's almost the same. And it's, I understand what you're saying. That's why, yeah, because the separation of, of that top one or two running backs compared to the rest of the field is usually really a stark contrast. Yeah. Whereas you can find those diamond in the rough receivers that are going to step up and you can make up for it with because people have to start, especially if you're in a 12 team. You can't run three wide receivers. Well, see, Think the difference is this, this year. 
that, that came out of nowhere and, and were, were, were viable. Denver right. had two of them. Uh, the Browns at certain points had two of them. Even the, then, in the terms Vikings of fantasy at points. certain points had two, two of them. And uh, so did the uh, Ravens. But the difference between finding the top guy and all those guys is still like eight points a game. Oh, I'm, I agree. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to say I drafted the top guy in one of those leagues. Uh, that was Sean McCoy. Fucking not a good time. I drafted the top guy, in my opinion, at number four overall. We, that's another thing because of the sticking. But you know what I mean? Like you said, it's hard to find, hard to find the guy that's the right guy. That's why these numbers, and I'm kind of, I, I look at this ADP a little bit differently. I look at it more at the guys, the difference of the guys that, you know, last year, I'm not looking at it, but last year it was like, I remember looking at uh, CJ Spiller. He was like, average draft spot was like fifth. Fifth or, or seventh, something like that, and then he was down at like 130 final. So when I use that piece, I'm looking at it more of like, all right, where are the guys that really shit the bed last year? Because I don't want to one probably take those guys unless I really think they're a bounce back. But try and look for the trends and the parallels to what could happen for next year. Who's a guy that could be like Spiller was last year? Who was? Who is a guy on that chart that that was a high drafted running back that just was down in the hundreds? Doug Martin again. What? Well, but this, you know, but this is what you're what you're saying is the thing that I want to do going back ten years if I can, mm-hmm. because to find out not only which you know how many of these guys that are always overvalued, but also where are those guys that are always the guy that finishes in the top ten, yet was drafted in twelve team leagues between rounds eight and ten, and there's always one or two guys that that pop out from there or undrafted for that matter, you know, so. Figuring out, you know, the guys who jump up because when you see where C.J. Spiller got that huge uh, ADP value when he was high, what was it the year before when he didn't yeah. do anything before? He was getting drafted in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. So he's being drafted as a running back too, or even in some leagues as a reserve running back, and then he just happened to make every play was like going for six yards a carry. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, what else? You want to keep talking about ADP, or you want to get, get into another thing of yours? I think there. I think there's a couple more different things. You know, speaking of those running backs who exceed their draft position, let's just play a little trivia game. Uh, <laughs> what do Justin Forsett, Lamar Miller, uh, Jeremy Hill, uh, C.J. Anderson, Mark Ingram, Matt Asiata, Chris Ivory, Trey Mason, Andre Williams, uh, Jonathan Stewart? Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw and Isaiah Crowell all have in common. They all outperform their average draft position. Well, besides that, they all uh, none of them were. They all play in the NFL. None of them were <laughs> poli sci majors. None of, well, uh, none, of, none of them have had uh, come over for coffee in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Going into the season, you know these were the guys who were the second backup or the third. These were the. You know, kind of handcuffs to these guys who we thought were the starters. Mm-hmm. You know, these were the second backs in, uh, you know, committees. Mm-hmm. So betting on the other side of the committee when the other guys maybe drafted in the third, fourth, fifth round, betting on the other side so in the thirteenth, thirteenth through fifteenth round just pays off. So take a couple of these guys, you know, every year. Plan, you know, you've already got your top two or three. Exactly what I didn't do in any league this year. You've already got your top two or three studs. Now just take a couple lottery tickets. If your guy gets hurt as the backside of a thing, then you've got a spot to drop and pick up another one. Just be smart with with how you choose your lottery ticket. Yeah, on good running Well, not only that, 
is this guy actually a guy that has potential to do one of a, a couple player? things? Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a great player because Matt Asiata is on your list. <laughs> you know, but what does Matt Asiata have that no one else other than Adrian Peterson had the ability to do on that roster? Both score touchdowns. Run the ball inside passes. the red. Run, run the ball inside the red zone. You know, at the goal line. You know, touchdowns are so important. That's why Andre Williams was so important for the Giants because it wasn't that he was scorching everybody with a ton of points. He was scoring touchdowns consistently. And if you score touchdowns, you score fantasy points. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, this year, I'm going to find a couple teams that I love the running game. And I love the situation and and get their backup and their third stringers. And just if you had done that for Denver this year, you would you would have been styling. You know? See, but the thing is this though, you also gotta figure out how deep is your bench. And and otherwise it, it, here's what you have to realize too then. It's it's know who those guys are because you can't sit there and stock the end of your roster with these guys who aren't playing. Because you have bye weeks that you have to deal with. And, you know, depending on how many starting positions you have, it's things that you have to deal with. But know about them and be aware of them and then and then start to you can see the writing on a wall. Like if you if you see, uh, you have on your scout list, right? You have like you can put into all these the systems. You can put your scout players or whatever. You put all the bunch of those players in there, right? And then you start scouting the guys that are also there behind. Is anyone starting to only gain two point eight yards per carry, uh, three point one yards per carry if it's a running yeah, back? Yeah, is there a questionable so, tag on a guy? Something there's going to be is a real lingering guy, injury. Right. Is there training camp buzz? The guy looks amazing, and right. uh, you know he's lighting it up in in the preseason games, and those opportunities, those things kind of come come to head. A guy that was playing great this year, two guys that were playing great this year in the preseason that Dogmatica really gravitated towards early wasn't a Crowell and a four set. I remember in one of our podcasts last year, he's like, four set is going to have a good year. I'm telling you. And we're all like, dude, that guy's terrible. He's like, he knows the system. He's coming over from, he knows the uh, Cuban. And it's just like, just didn't and, seem and like once, it was possible. Once, once Ray Rice was going to be not Yeah, playing, we was, knew that he was suspended. So it's just like, he's like, I'm telling you guys. And I, I just didn't see it. So this year I got to be a little open-minded to a guy that can have a renaissance career. I mean, even with four set, he was still the second back in the committee with Bernard Pierce at the beginning of the season. So even when you're betting on him, you were sort of betting, you know, in week one that he would win the job. Uh, you know, the Ray Rice situation notwithstanding, one of the things I'm going to do uh, this season to get better for next season is fucking background checks. Uh, I, think I think they're $5 a pop, though, so it's going to get a little bit expensive. You guys want to split these? Dude, yes. I mean, a lot of news came out a little bit too late last year for fantasy owners. I mean... AP, Ray, I mean, we kind of knew with Ray Rice that that wasn't going to be pretty. But it was he was already suspended. We knew the length, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, let me let me go back to your your point about these uh you know these deeper running backs and things like that. If you're because I think this is what happens every year is that I w- I don't necessarily want to be the guy to draft them unless I have a really deep deep bench, okay? Because what I think happens with these guys every year is that there is a team that drafts them. But these players are not going to get their chance, really, until it's like the meat of the season. So they're probably not going to have uh, their first opportunity tomorrow, but maybe like week four, week five, week six. And if they are then, it's like a lot of times it's very sparingly unless someone gets injured ahead of them. So what happens is the guy who ends up drafting him ends up dropping him. The week after they drop him, when he's ineligible to, to grab that guy again... The guy ahead of him gets injured, and then the guy becomes available, and it's somebody else off the waiver wire. You're kind of right. You're that, kinda that, right. That, that There's him. a good point there. You want to know who else has got some good points every once in a while? 
Valverde. You handsome, sophisticated, hyper-intelligent, svelte, well-read, sparkling, salty, olive-complected, full-head-of-haired man. I like it. Wasn't that, talking that, about yeah, you. That's like the op- opposite and everything. <laughs> I mean, opposite what's day. it got to full, I feel like full head of hair you right now? <laughs> it's mean and hurtful, but I'll take it. I'm mean and hurtful towards all of you, too. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the audio is always mean and hurtful. Now, now, that, now that we're done talking about the running backs a little bit, uh, you know, the tight end position. You know, after the top four guys, it was a crapshoot. There's a lot of guys who exceeded, you know, their draft position. So it kind of looks like you need, if you're one of the guys who doesn't get the top one, you might need to take two lottery tickets. You might need to waste an extra pick and figure out who that tight end that's going to come on next season might be. Uh, I'm going to call it five because Travis Kelsey's going to enter this, and I've got some reasons for that later. I, I No, I agree with that. But, but I'm also going to say with these tight ends, too, what, what happened is when you look at a lot of the scoring – you have some of the guys that did the majority of their scoring in the first half of the season, and some other guys that did the majority of their scoring either in, you know, in pockets, and a lot of times guys at the end of the season. So, you know, Martellus Bennett scored a lot of points for you early on in the year. He didn't really, you know, kill it for you down down the stretch. <laughs> he was. He had, he, had a, he had a game or two that here or there, but it was you know it was it was it was more spotty than you you know like a Delaney Walker you know. Here's a guy that gets all of his points in bunches and then all of a sudden goes quiet for so long. So Kobe Fleena. Kobe Fleena, right. <laughs> he started out so cold and, and, and then all the Dwayne Allen, Allen show was going nuts. He gets hurt. Fleener had a run in the middle of the season that was yeah. epic for you. Two, yeah. two, two three-game stretch, that was ridiculous. So well, we've got to be able to move on from, you know, Spotty tight ends is that kind of one of the things. You know, if you don't have one of those top guys, so see, this is what I. This is where it comes down to though. Why do you want to grab that those quarterbacks though? This is what it tells me, because the quarterback who is consistent, who is scoring me over twenty points a week that I can count on and can spurt out to 35, 40 points a week, that helps win weeks. When I have a Colin Kaepernick or if I have a lower quarterback whose high end is twenty five points, you know even Tannehill. He wasn't doing that until later in the year, and it wasn't until, you know, he didn't break 30, I think, only one time. So yeah, it was he, like, he, was, he had a, a pretty he's, okay he's, game he's, every he's, game. He's, he's the guy that you're projecting, a lot. oh, I like the, the, yeah. the, the, the trajectory he's on right now. But when I look at those quarterbacks, yeah, even if Drew Brees not being Drew Brees, I'm still getting at least 18, 20 points every week, as opposed to a guy who's like, oh, man, Cam Newton shit the bed this week. I got four points. I got one point from Kaepernick. But I think also what to go on to what you were talking about with the tight ends, it's I think tight end is the position. I, I didn't call it right this year and I didn't call it right three years ago when I was high on Selleck. But I have called it right a couple of couple of times lately and I think it's one that you can you call it right this year, and I should have listened to you with, with Olsen. I think you can kind of pick the tight end that you think is going to be a value pick. You go a little bit high on him because you really think you're going to get uh, you're, well, let's all have a good ourselves, season. Let's all pat ourselves on the back. None of us. We all said, stay the hell away from Vernon Davis. Oh, yeah. We said, run from Vernon Davis. Yeah. Who finished his two you, two years ago. Uh, yeah. And now... I don't. I can. And we liked him two years ago. We loved him two years ago. He always... Yeah, we did. He always finishes in such a weird way to do well. You know, it's either these long touchdowns or a ton of touchdowns, or it's like a ton of yards. He's never like just does 
has a good solid season like, across the board. Eight hundred yards, six touchdowns. Yeah. He doesn't have a tight end type season. <laughs> he does because they've always been a team that ran the ball. So that's also knowing the offense. Because remember, what was it? It was the amount of targets. You looked at the amount of targets that he had. That was what I was talking about with him and Olsen. I think he had what do you have? Fifty two catches the year before, yeah. but he had all yeah. the touchdowns. I don't know how many targets he had that like year. But it was 89 80, or... 80, right, No, not even eighty nine. It was like eighty one or eighty two, and and. Uh, Olsen, I'm like, look, here's a guy who's getting over 100 targets. This is unheard of at the at the tight end position. And then he took his 112 or whatever it was to 130-something this year. So. And you thought, and Benjamin outplayed what you thought he oh, was going to do. Oh, he did do. so much so better that, than I So he got too. more opportunities, but still that helped even to sure. some degree uh, on Olsen as well. So great call there. And I think, you know, there's a number of guys for next year that I, I think I, I'm going to be that value tight end guy where I'm drafting that tight end between the fifth and the eighth and ninth round and try and get a guy that's probably I've taken a chance on him. He's not a proven commodity over the course of the last three years. That's why you're able to get him there. Um, But uh, I feel like if I take one of those guys, I can do what I did with Jimmy Graham four years ago. Less talk and more action. (laughs) Uh, Action? My guy guy just off the top of my head is going to be Travis Kelsey. That's the guy... This is going to be the guy I'm targeting next year already. See, but you don't know what, though? I, I, have a Smith, feeling though? I agree with you, but I hate Smith. He throws it to the tech end? No, but I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind that. The, the, the thing that I worry about with Kelsey is he's going to be one of these guys, I think that someone had asked us uh, on, on that uh, Reddit that we were doing, um, who is a, uh, an early sleeper that you like that's going to end up not being a sleeper by the time it's all said yeah. and done. And Possibly. I think that, that Travis Kelsey, because we've been talking about him for so long, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, we all had him. I, you, you think know, he's not going to be? He's gonna I think be he's going to be one of these guys that he's going to do again something in preseason. He's going to he's going to yeah. open a bunch of eyes. He's going to be a guy that maybe would have been pegged to go in the fifth round. He's going to end up going in the third round in most drafts. I'd hurt fourth myself. Round. I wouldn't pay that price. Uh, remember, well, remember fifth, last year? Fifth round, I'm paying it. But, but I mean, <laughs> fourth, fifth round for sure. I mean, someone he's going to start going that one extra round early. It's going to it's going to kill. Well, last year I think we kind of liked Ertz to a degree because of the Chip Kelly and the opportunity there. Yeah, that, he was a letdown. We thing. also liked Aran Rudolph. He finished 14. <laughs> what did Rudolph finish? Uh, he was injured I for know, most in, of the season. He was injured for pretty uh, much almost all the season. Yeah, yeah, he was injured for a lot of. He the finished, finish. I believe, behind you know Vernon Davis. He finished 36. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph was, finished 36. Kyle Rudolph got a lot of bitch slaps this year. Yeah, he was. He was. I'm off his train. So. Um, you like Ebron next year too, don't you? You said that a few weeks ago. Where you like I, a second second I, year tight end? That's I do like a second year tight end, but I'm liking him in the thirteenth round yeah. as my second kind of flyer guy. I love uh, that call. I mean, I love that call. That's I don't like call. the rookie tight end, but I like the second year player. You know, the Jay Samaro. Uh, but you know, a Chan Gailey system. What's to like about that? You know what those. <laughs> Uh, think about that. We'll get into that how later. How many coaches are retread? Yeah, we'll all get, of we'll them. Get, uh, they're all. Yeah, they all are. It's crazy. They've all gotten head coaching jobs, and the weird thing is some of their names still pop up for the job. You're like, if my franchise, like when we got Dick Geron, you remember that? Like, I just remember being like, what a what a low ball shot. But one thing we got to well, say. Well, do you know why they got Dick Geron? Remember what the, that's. You talk about epic Bears fiascos. You remember why we have Dick? That was the Dave McGinnis fiasco. What happened? Dave McGinnis has got the job. They gave the job. Dave McGinnis was like a, on the uh, was on the former coaching staff. Was like, well, it was all close. It was a done deal. They announced uh, the press conference. Well, as the press conference, they didn't cancel the press conference. 
The deal's not happening. The press conference is about to start. Where's Dave McGinnis? Dave McGinnis is at the airport. He's leaving town. Dave McGinnis did not take the deal. Then they had to go turn tail, and then they got... They said they hired him because he was in the building already? No, no. Dave McGinnis was a guy that they, they should have given the job to him. It was like... I can't remember who was the person at Hallis Hall that, that totally fucked it up. But somebody really screwed the pooch on that yes. one. And Dave McGinnis should have been the coach... Um, and and then and then they called the conference because it was like they, they said it was a done deal, but they before it leaked it, it was a done deal. Before it was all set, they even had a, the press conference was all set. Good guy. Oh my well, god! we got today. We got Gase, um, Adam Gase, yeah, uh, from uh, offense coordinator yep. Peyton's buddy from the Broncos. So he's he's while uh, you know I talked at length about being bummed out about Fox. He's putting together a good uh, coaching staff. Um, as well as the guy from uh, the 49ers, Vic Fangio. Fangio. Uh, so, Palacio? Yeah, yeah. Basically, Stag Party, call it right. He said he's going to bring a good uh, a good staff, and he's definitely done that. So, so I, I'll, 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 give the go- I'll give you the golf clap there, Stag. Stag, I hear clap. Bears. I'm satisfied because I said I wanted the younger guy, and I think that you have those guys on the staff now, and I think that we can all agree. Uh, like when the Bears made the mistake by not hiring Bruce Arians, that now they are actually hiring a coach who I think John Fox also understands this is his last coaching job. So that in mind, he's setting people around him that it, this is allows him to have the Bears become his legacy, where he can leave the lasting imprint and say, I, I'm going to set this organization in the right path. Hopefully I can win a Super Bowl, but if not, I'm going to have the guys in place that are going to, one of these guys is going to step in and, and, and continue it on. And, and I, that's what the Bears need if they're good. I hope that they're good yeah. because you, this organization needs continuity. I mean, maybe one day, five years down the line, whatever, when Fox retires, he's the guy who steps into that kind of president role uh, with the football team. You know, uh, the Mike Holmgren role with the Browns. But... You know, there's a couple things to like. He hired a good staff. You know, you got to love that. And, you know, people are actually excited about the guys on the Bears staff. Is there any time you can remember uh, the Bears getting a call for a guy for a coordinator opening? Like, please, nobody calls the Bears to co- for anybody to coach for them. So it's a good thing. It's moving in the right direction. They should call Valverde. Put that in your pipe and smoke it with your burned lips. Uh, good stuff. Uh, well, you did mention something quickly there, Houdini. We did a, a Reddit uh, AMA, it's Ask Us Anything uh, type of thing on Sunday, and we did it from about noon till 2 o'clock. It was, uh, it was run uh, by me, Houdini, Staggs, and uh, our boy Horvath, uh, the Wrath of Horvath, uh, helped set it up. And it was kind of fun. You know, I think we had about 32, maybe like 15 questions, and we answered some, maybe a couple less, but um, it was fun. Well, there were 45 total comments. Total comments? Oh, 50 some about total comments. Nice. Well, it was fun, and we're going to do it again uh, to some degree, uh, Super Bowl morning, I think. Uh, I think we should. Um, It's our last game. We don't have to do it again until the the next season, but uh, I kind of liked it. We actually brought some new... uh, we got a couple new uh, fans out there. They're like, oh, I just heard about you for the first time here today. And that's why we're doing it. So that was fun. Um, all right. One thing I'm going to say that I do every offseason is, and I'm already, I've already been doing it, I'm watching even those high school games. I'm watching the high school games. I'm watching those veteran. Uh, I know why you're watching those high school games, D-Rex. B. 
aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Going to prom. Go, going to prom. No, it was turnabout. She asked me. She's 15. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that just got weird. Yeah, that just got weird. And now, now the Pirate Podcast is being sur- uh, surveillanced by the uh, FBI. Can't live with them. Can't devour them. Um, but I watch, I'm watching those high school games. I'm watching those uh, all-star college games. Um, I was watching, obviously, a lot of the bowl games. But now you got coming up towards uh, the, uh, the rookie combine. And now something we'll talk about. Let me just go on my rookie little thing here quickly. No, the stay vet- on the rookie because the that's veteran part combine. Of the- that's gonna, uh, let's I talk about that. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty fun. I like that. Um, Meh. It's going to be fun. I mean, it gives people an opportunity. No, think about it this way. This is why it's good. Because these are guys Talking who about are the veteran, veteran uh, free agents. Veteran free agents. Now they're going to have a combine for these people. It's not just going to be for the rookies. How you know? You always have to think. Oh, this guy has four four speed. Well, he did when he came out of college. Now he's going to have to run the forty now. How fast is he still running? I want nobody good is going to do this combine. This is going to be practice squad guys and guys who played one or two games in the NFL. You think so? There's got to yes. be guys that need it. That need that curve. This, this is guys who are going to be in you the practice squad. It's going to be old guys, too. Games. It's going to be the old guys that want to prove that, look, you think I've lost a step? Let me get out there and I'll show you exactly what I got. It's a lot of money at, at stake. What yeah. would you rather be doing? Making a hundred grand on an NFL team? Maybe two hundred grand might might be more like it. Even a sixty grand as, as a practice squad guy, or would you rather be hauling beer to the to bars and being a delivery freaking guy? I'm interested to see it for the first year, just for the flip, flip the novelty of it. I agree. I think it's going to be fun as hell. We'll, we'll be watching it making I, a lot of wisecracks. We always talk about it being the underwear Olympics. I hope it's like a, a bunch of overweight guys. And yeah. like, you know, it's like the way that the, that the old combine used to be before everyone was really into working out. I hope like, it's more of like the sweatpants Olympics uh, for the golden <laughs> guys. Um, I can just see Mike Mayock, though. Like, oh, it was, it was great. It's going to be like old Italians walking around in their jumpsuit uh, Olympics. God, yeah, God, I, I, I don't know. So what like the it's old, be. like you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. Tracksuit, the tracksuit. Yeah, tracksuits. I'm excited this off season to pay attention to that stuff pre-draft. I'm looking to see who's coming out, and the reason's obvious. How many rookies were successful this year? How many were successful last year? The numbers are growing leaps and bounds. I don't see it being as great of a year next year as it was this no year. Chance. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. But more and more studs are coming out right away. There's no third-year wide receiver rule anymore. If given the right opportunity in the right situation, a guy like um, you know Cooper or whatnot is going to be ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm seeing right now that he'll go number four to the Raiders, I think. Um, but... Checking out those guys and getting going on the next generation, the next breed of guys that are going to be in this league is important. So I'm paying attention to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know what? I, I think that's important because that's another aspect that I was really key on from one of my offseason things is, you know, I spent last offseason really learning a lot about the rookies, you know, watching all of those, uh, all their all their game, their highlight films and, and uh, their, you know, the, the, the press releasings and things that they were putting out there for him, and then checking out what they did in the combine, then seeing how those skills translate and what you know what it looks like when the, when you see them on the football field playing, and you can just kind of see guys that have that that ability. So, but what's the true way though? Because this is something that's, that's still newer, right? It's what's the best way to try to evaluate these guys, and it's it's to know more from 
And, and, and I find it like when I want to know about an SEC guy, I know some people that like follow SEC football really well. You ask them about the players, they'll tell you all about them, and they would have told you, uh, you know, about Odell Beckham. This guy's ridiculous, and they would have told you, just you know, look out, this 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 guy will tear you apart because they see it on a daily basis, and you know, so when I don't know what the correct way is yet, I want to find out, yeah, because. Rookies now used Way to, to go, be Houdini. now just like uh, six hundred people just pressed uh, yeah, pause or, or, or I'm not going to subscribe to these anymore. This no, guy because doesn't know what he's talking about because we're going to find out because yeah. that's the whole point is, is that and it's a moving target because but this is the whole thing for me. I've been doing fantasy for over twenty years now, so at this point in time, so you're going to be at the veterans. Combine. Yes, I am. I am completely at the veterans combine. I feel like I've lost a step, so I'm trying to get it back. <laughs> so that's why what I want to do is I want to take everything that I've learned and now focus it into deeper knowledge into all these things that it's going to help me not overthink myself too much. You know, I want to kind of I want to go back and go crazy. To this is weird how it sounds, right? I want to compile all this ridiculous stuff to simplify things, mm -hmm. to just make some things where it's like, okay, now I can just simplify it. I now know when I'm looking at the two different players, I can just categorize them because of everything that I've done. You can't know where you want to get going to if you don't know where you've been. Correct. And, you know, we've That's also got to, we've got to think about it another way, too. We've got to look at, we've got to look at it for, you know, rookie system fits. <laughs> you know, guys that are going to fit the system that they're joining. You know, because there's some, some talented rookies out there who, you know, didn't necessarily go to the best situations. And, you know, Amari Cooper going to the Raiders might not be the best situation for him uh, to succeed fantasy-wise, uh, you know, in his might first season. Might be, though. It could be. Might not be. But we've got to look at it and yeah. be objectively and find out reasons why it would be good and why it would be bad. And, you know, things that he does, you know, better than maybe James Jones that would separate his... You know what? Under ten yards a catch, uh, but ability to make touchdowns. You know, putting him in that role, you know, might lead to some good production. And it's good that those tiers will have that kind of minutia that we'll be able to talk about that within the tiers for Amari Cooper, for James Jones, for a Derek Carr, and the situation. A guy like him, if he gets Amari Cooper, I mean, obviously it's a huge boost to his stock as a fantasy provider at the quarterback position because now he's got. Uh, a stud in the mix. Uh, to take that to a step further, because that's part of what I'm thinking when, we, when we're moving all these guys into all those different subsections of the tiers, then you're still ranking them inside the subsection of the tiers. So yeah. I, I think it's just, it's taking tiers to a whole new level. Instead of just, you know, yes, it's always still about identifying where the, the drop-off is. But at the same time, it's identifying not just where the drop-off is, but Okay, that's where the drop off is, but where what type of player is this? Yeah. Is this a riser who's just below the drop off or is this a faller who's coming down, you know, is, is There's a lot of ingredients yeah. in this pizza, in this in this dish. It's and a supreme. To break, to, yeah, to break down all the ingredients and the little things that make up features and benefits of this player will be very helpful. So that's great. Um, now I'm hungry. <laughs> me too. Uh, what else what pizza, else we pizza. got? You know, what I'm, what I'm going to say is, is kind of along what you were just going on. And that's, you know, we did a, uh, two podcasts ago. It was like, we told you so last, uh, no, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And then last week it was, we told you so. Right? Yes. Um, I think that is kind of a good mantra for me in this offseason. I want to look for personally, for myself, I want to look and be like, all right, where did I really miss the boat? 
And it's, it, you know, it's deeper of an audit of your own team. You're auditing your own team. You're auditing your tiers. You're auditing player rankings. I've got my notes and my draft and my pages from my draft and my tier sheets. I have them literally. My, both my drafts are taped up on my wall right now. I, I run a fantasy football site. I try and keep the stuff. Pulling that up, reading my notes, seeing why I, I have a where phone was, board that's that's like five feet by six feet with all your dr- with all the stickers on it. It's awesome. It's still. Uh, <laughs> I just want to sit and look at that detail and do that audit, but also more so, where was I totally right? And, and look at the I told you so's personally, where I was like, okay, Newton, you're on point here. We'll look at that deeper. What what made you think that? Why were you believing it? Let's reproduce that for next year's guys. And again, career year, you don't want to draft the same guy that does it this year. It's a moving, changing, evolving uh, situation. Um, so I want to look at all that stuff and really deep down go and look at my tiers, go and look at my teams, my end-up drafts, the people that I picked up. Look at the pick. I want to look at my pickups this year and be like, why did I think that guy was going to do anything? One thing, I've got limited pickups, but more so... Sometimes you just got to hold off on picking up every week so you've got the best slot for uh, to get the first pickup. You know, teams that are always picking up a guy or two every week, they never get the good guy. They're just doing what you said earlier in the show. They're just cycling through this pickup wheel. Listen to my important question. So I'm curious, uh, <laughs> you had two leagues, right? So where did you draft? What what number were you drafting? You, you had McCoy, so you had number one in one league, right? I had three leagues last year. Three. And okay. I'm going to go down to one. I drafted first overall in one. I drafted fourth in my newest league. And then I drafted second in my oldest league. You were I the took, top half of the draft I the took threes with that second pick. With the fourth pick, I took Adrian Peterson. Three days later, he was suspended. Uh, and then I took, Cole, I took McCoy for, with that first pick. And I didn't want to take McCoy. So, let me, were your teams similar? No. Well, the reason I'm no. asking because no. it's like you were probably no. you were probably drafting from the same pool of players. I mean, because you're there's some guys that are there. There's some guys, but not really. But were you, so were you maybe going, I already got this guy, now I want to get this guy? No, not really doing that, but just saying, you know, it's, it's really different leagues. So, a guy that I had in most of my leagues, Harvin, <laughs> uh, you know, Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Uh, obviously, him. Um, I had Harvin in every league. I had Tannehill in every <laughs> league uh, as my backup. Um, those, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I didn't get like my favorite. I'm a wide receiver guy. Not in any league did I get Dez. Did I get uh, Julio Jones? Because they were actually gone because I was drafting in every league. They were gone before I got back. Right. I thought for sure I was going to be getting a desert. Well, early second but, round. Oh, yeah, end man. Of first so, like, round guys, going, so I didn't even really go with. with I was getting like Alshon. You could have had an Antonio I Brown, know, right? Know, that's, but that's that's the hindsight, right? <laughs> but I'm, you know, that's really what I want to do this off season is just look at all your stuff. Look at who I picked up. Look at trades. Look at trade opportunities. Are there? Look at every single piece of for this year, for the 2014 season. Now, while it's still sort of going on, and we're still amongst it, because I just know that that's going to give me more information on what the frig was I thinking, so that I don't make similar mistakes for the next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, I think I made some big, big mistakes in waivers. Uh, you know, guys I valued over, you know, I talked myself out of a lot of, a lot of guys. I talked myself into, you know, a Brandon Oliver over a Ronnie Hillman uh, in those kind of situations and why I made that decision. Uh, mostly based on matchups and who they had coming up in the next couple weeks and then, you know, what I also thought they were as running backs, you know, in their own rights. And 
you know, I had just traded for a receiver, so I was waiting for A.J. Green to come back. So I wasn't really looking to pick up, you know, the ODB when he, you know, finally had a cup, you know, that first touchdown and came back off of, uh, you know, his injury. Yeah. That. You know, that's, that's also another one of my, my uh, things, again, for that offseason. It's about those undrafted guys. It's the waiver-wire gems because there are up, there always are waiver-wire gems. And so that's another one of these history lessons that I want to kind of go back and find out because it's – if you can identify, again, what, what do – I want to know who they all are and then see what do they have in common. Is there anything that they have in common? Was it because they were on prolific offensive teams? Was it because uh, they were all behind a guy that was old? Was it all you know? Was yeah, it because you know, whatever whatever that situation is, and then say, okay, I can narrow that field now this year down to five teams. Now that gives me a pool of how many of these players, which of those players fit these potential. So at least, that even if I'm not drafting them, or if I am drafting, I'm holding a last draft type pick for them. That that has that ability, you know, or like when Darren Sproles a couple years ago and I picked him up, he was a reason why I almost uh, came in second place in the damn league. But when he was the first year with the Saints, and, um, and he, I got him in the 16th round, he was my throwaway fourth to last pick in the draft at the time. Well, I think this is like you say, know your league. Um, this is almost like what you're talking about. You're kind of going back and know your. You know, know your previous drafts. Know your previous seasons. Know your previous teams. Know your know previous yourself. tendencies. Know your previous. So it's really kind of like know your league, but you need to you need to get in touch with yourself, Houdini. <laughs> you need to really get. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of touch. Hey, hey, it's all you you're, 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 Yeah, your hand goes down the pants. You're per- <laughs> you're perfectly great in that touching of yourself. You're doing that more than most men added together. <laughs> Hey, if you ever need to borrow a pair, pair of, uh, you know, um, briefs, I I got an extra pair. <laughs> I don't wear briefs. What do you got going for us, Stags? Uh, another one of the pieces that I'm going to look hard and long at, speaking of Houdini touching himself. Uh, on, what? what? That story scared the pants off me. Guess I better put my pants back on. It's going to be year-in-review targets. Uh, quarterbacks, you know, a couple numbers I you know value very, very highly. Yards per attempt, uh, the average is right around seven. Mm-hmm. Eight is elite. Uh, seven and a half is very good. Uh, and then another thing you're going to look that's, at. And that's just to clarify, yards per attempt, not per completion. This is every every time the guy throws the ball, it's, it's getting this many yards. And the bad guys... Are fives, fives and sixes. Avoid those. Anything below a seven on average, you want to avoid. Uh, completion percentage. League average last season was around sixty percent. Uh, anything above sixty-six percent is very good, and you know sixty-nine plus is elite. So you know a young guy to kind of look out for there. You're not gonna believe me when I fucking say this, but it's RG three. He completed sixty-nine percent of his passes last season. An average 7.92 yards per attempt. You know, some of the best, you know, background numbers that there were. Uh, especially for a guy who didn't finish among the top 
in uh, But what you said that he didn't do, he didn't throw touchdowns. He, but four touchdowns to six interceptions. Here's the but touchdowns are variable year to year. That's why these are the numbers you want to look at more closely than touchdowns. RG3, though, is just such a different case because he's hated by his coach. Is Jay Gruden still there? Did they yeah, fired yeah. him? No. Okay, so he's still they're, there. They're still in on him, though. But, but but what they did was the reason when they when they were completing all those passes is because it became a dink and dunk offense. Seven point nine two yards per attempt. Correct, but it was because he had Yeah, the stats he, don't lie. I understand what the stats are saying, but this is why he wasn't scoring touchdowns, because it was just it was very predictable offense. They were doing what they could. Remember, they didn't want him to get hurt, so they weren't letting him run. They were having him get rid of the ball quickly. And so yeah, he was completing seventy percent he was completing seven of ten passes. They were, a lot of them were going for. He was doing. He didn't score you four fantasy points because they'll let you move up and down the field in between the twenties. But then that, once he got inside the red zone, that completion percentage did, was not seventy percent, and he was not moving the ball at, at that rate. You know, so it's it's. You really know how to touch Houdini's buttons. Hey man, <laughs> he's got a vein. He's got a vein popping Our, out. I always there. had that vein popping Our, out. But RG three, RG three pissed me off last year so much that. <laughs> It, 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 no, he's he, done with no. It. Come on, we can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he wasn't great last year. But if you're looking for some underlying numbers, I like for a guy to gamble you on. Can get him in the 14th round as your backup. I just Q. worry about the fact the upside's that, there. I, 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 try, if he sucks again, draw. I was the only guy that was talking about his upside last year. I, but and I thought with Jay Gruden, that was it was going to be a good thing because Jay Gruden was a guy who traditionally threw the ball 57 percent of the time. Yet here he came in and and it just it didn't work and and he didn't like him so I worry about what's the stability in a guy like RG three. Well, here's the thing: it came out uh, not too long ago that Steve Young said, talking to his people and his sources, uh, i.e., probably mostly Shanahan or uh, or someone of that nature. Anyone uh, that was somewhat connected with the 49ers. Yeah, at probably that now has touched uh, upon. Uh, he just doesn't work hard enough. He's not in the. He's not studying the film. And he's not trying to become an elite quarterback. He's more worried about his making money off the subway and worrying about his his his, his, his personal uh, public image. And I think so. I like that stat by you, and those are that's a great, great, great thing to talk about to look at in this offseason. Try and maybe find some of those upside gems. Uh, but maybe in the case of RG three, he might not just work hard. He might not work hard enough. But maybe he's changing it. Maybe he realizes. Well, but let me ask you this: to, this window's going to close. I want to know where Tannehill is on this. Because here's a guy, especially when you saw where his biggest games all came, look at what he did weeks 8 through, or 9 through 16, the second half of the season. His, 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 his last eight games, he became a much better quarterback than he was in the first half of the season. And I'm not sure you know, uh, how his completion percentage uh, and everything there he was. He had a great completion percentage, but his yards per attempt were fairly low. Uh, so you're kind of, he's half of the coin. Uh, I've got some more numbers. On well, see, but, and again, it, it, it makes later. sense that his yards per per uh, attempt is low because he never connected on that deep pass. Never. But 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 no, never. Right. He can't never. Even... I know. But but here's now the thing that you have going for you. You got Jarvis Landry, who's a great second receiver that's going to help Mike Wallace if Wallace sticks around. Wallace quit on his team. In the, was that the that's last not game? What, that's not what he says. They, he says he was suspended. Suspended? That's what he was saying in the locker room. That he got suspended they, for they being sat a him, They sat him for the second half, is what they were saying. So Yeah, because he's not a team player. He's gone. 
and making seventy million, seventy-two million dollars. These idiots. Look at how well it worked out for Deshaun Jackson, who actually it? made some money. Look at how well it's going to work out for Percy Harvin, who's about to take a severe pay cut if he leaves to go anywhere. Mike Wallace, his paycheck is going in half. I'll tell you what. Th- I'll tell you this then. I think that's also good for Tannehill then, because get him out of there. You already know that Jarvis Landry can do the job. He was the guy that you were targeting heavily down the stretch anyway. Wallace is a dumb. So let him be the guy that's going to be who you build around, and then you're going to go and probably add somebody else, whether you go and sign another free agent or you're just going to let He's Hart a second fiddle, though, Jarvis. Let's not get carried no, away. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. He's a wide right. receiver, too. He, but, he was the second fiddle in college. But you're not going to go and, you're not going to go and uh, spend money again on another wide receiver if you're going to let him go. Okay? Yeah. So. Well, maybe he are because he's got that money. Or do you lose that money? I don't know. I don't, they spent a lot of that money was up yeah, front. Yeah. All, guaranteed, all the guaranteed money is gone. I mean, and then I don't know what they're saying. You know, is he is he done? Is he a free agent right now? Or no, 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 no. He's signed. How, how many years does he have left? I think it's four, three, three, three. Yeah, it was a long deal. So I mean, I don't Five know. For I, seventy-two. I don't know what the buyout is. And I don't know what the salary cap hit is. So it's right. not good. But he sucks. So get rid of him. <laughs> Right. He scored ten touchdowns. I, I know, but dude, he was he, I, I, I not one hundred yard game though. I had a yeah, we finished eighteenth overall. I know. It was, again, he put together a nice touchdowns matter, but again, this goes okay. But you just you just segued into something else that you that you've also done that you've been touchdown dependency. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. You guys keep trying to get into my other stats right now. I got stuff for days, boys. But yeah, Tannehill. Tannehill's an interesting case because no, the guy finished. Fourth among quarterbacks in looks. Fourth. Ryan Tannehill. His, 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 his girlfriend or wife finished number one. Yeah, number one in looks. Good, good call. <laughs> Pretty close. But yeah, and, and number one in leaving uh, semi-automatic guns in the back of rental cars. Completed over two-thirds. Hula. Of, Hula, I got you there. Two-thirds of his passes. Yeah, football. Back on the topic. <laughs> and then, yeah, his yards per attempt was 6.86. So, you know, definitely below the league average. That's can, can you, did you break it down at all into the second half of the season, what that what those were? No, man, I, I'd have to go through and do that because that's oh, what I, I did. Thought, I thought you were the brain. I thought you were going for weeks, dog. <laughs> I oh, did. I, I, you're not dog. Dog's not here. Okay. Who let now, the dogs out? Let's move on Ooh. past the quarterbacks you and us, you're in tar- targets. Let's talk about uh, running back numbers that I look for. Okay. You know, I'm all about yards per look. Screw yards per attempt, you know, it's it's a good one, but yards per look is better. You want guys who are going to get the ball in their hands no matter how it is. So, 4.7 is, is the league average this last is inclu- year. What, what includes a look? Uh, targets plus uh, actual carries. Does it include punt returns, kick returns? Oh, no, we're talking about okay. just offensive looks. Okay. So, 4.7 yards is that league average. Above five is very, very good. Look, we're guys like Eddie Lacy, uh, Marshawn Lynch, you know, the top tier kind of guys are ending up. So that's, you know, one of the numbers I'm looking for. And then I'm also going to look at targets, just pure targets in the passing game. It's a part of looks, but I always find that guys that catch more passes are on the field more. So, you know, I kind of prefer those guys over because I know they're going to have a dedicated part of the game. It's especially important if you play PPR. You had better pay attention to targets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. You have half point PPR. And I agree with you. It's a, it's a good point with catch, making catches and getting a lot of targets. Um, you know, you see these running backs that it's like, it's third down, and you know how fast third down comes, and they're off the field. 
They're not going to be a part of this uh, this play. And there's the and, opposite side. And it's a ton of guys that all of a sudden, you essentially just got two opportunities there. You got two opportunities, and if they didn't pass, if they pass it on first down, you probably got none. And it's just important to look at that stuff. I mean, yeah, they run two, two uh, run plays for eight yards, and then they throw an eight-yard screen pass to Shane Vereen. And it's the same amount of fantasy points, and more if you're playing PPR. The other thing, too, is to keep in mind is that true. know also not only the targets and, and completions, what's the ratio, what's the percentage? Because we told you going into last year uh, about Joint Bell and Reggie Bush. And wow, look at how Joint Bell had uh, more receptions on less targets than Reggie Bush, who dropped all those passes. And then we had mentioned that, you know what? There's another guy on the roster there in Detroit that you should be aware of because if Reggie Bush... Is unable to do his thing. Theo Riddick, Theo Riddick, and he did it. Yeah. Came in and was more effective on on catches and and, and, and uh, on the percentage wise. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't get it. Why Reggie Bush just he drops a lot of passes. <laughs> he doesn't want to get hit. hit. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> he doesn't want to get lit up. That's exactly what uh, it is. But yes. so the guy, you know, just looking through some numbers, the guy I found out to be, you know, standalone. He, who's low down there, who finished low down there, who's going to be one of those big, big risers is Latavius Murray. Oh, you know, yeah. 5.4 yards per look. That's ridiculous. Look look at some of the guys he's above in that number, and you'll just be shocked. So he's a guy who can get it done, so you know, definitely keep a lookout for Latavius Murray. Unfortunately, he's going to go earlier than some people are comfortable drafting him. That's, yeah. that's the whole thing. We, we've been talking about Latavius Murray for so long, so hopefully all the people who we've been talking to who are in dynasty leagues... him in every league last well, year. Well, all the dynasty people have him and have him stashed. And you saw what he can do last year. And that's the thing. It's cool. like, when you see that, it's like, ugh, everyone now is aware. That's why, you know... I, <laughs> that team's got to get better. Here's the, here's the scary thing about Latavius Murray. And here's, here's the one thing that I'll... Again, I just want to play devil's advocate almost to everything because this is what the offseason's about. Yep. It's, you have to have these discussions and, and weed it all the way through. So, I worry about these guys because it reminds me of C.J. Spiller. Here's a guy that, that you know, can, can do all that. Now, are they going to thrust him into more of a major role? And is that going to all of a sudden take away that burst that he had? You know, Chris Johnson when he was when he was what he was at the beginning of his career, he wasn't. You know, he, you know, it was. It, is he a guy that needs to be fed the ball 25, 20 times a game like Barry Sanders twenty five? I know I'm going to have five of them for negative, but I'm going to have three of them that are going to go for more than twenty. One of them is going to go for more than fifty, and one of them is going to go for more than seventy. That's that's the difference, you know, because are you. Are you in an offense, and are, are any offenses in the NFL patient enough to really give any running back that leeway of carries? And, I, and for most parts, no. So is he going to be a consistent big hitter? I'm, I'm you know, I'm, it, it's with it's anyone. Not, you yeah. ask the questions. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, Latavius Murray's body type is obviously much different. It's, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's, he's got the boy. size and the bulk to run in between tackles. So he might get the one or two where people are losing yards. So I think he's going to be a safer kind of guy. Uh, who I'm going to be. You See, know, but all when you look about. at his yards per touches, how many touches did he have? About a hundred and fifty. Which is 
again, this is what we, we, we you know, you, you always want to project out, but 150 is really nothing in terms of. But if you look at it from week eight on, or you know, the end. Yeah, of the but again, on, but it, it, whenever also that's another thing. Whenever players come in and they're not playing from the first eight weeks of the season, they weren't getting into car accidents 18 times in a, in a day for eight weeks. Leading up until that time that they started playing against all the, well, that's what it is. Every time that they I get know. in a huge collision, I, I mean, I so you know, it, it, there's there's that wear and tear. That that's where it's like that's where I said sometimes you got to read in between the numbers. So like, l- let me where does Jeremy Hill fall in that? Because here's a guy that really started to see a bulk load of, of, of touches and things like that. You know, how did he come out? And then another guy that's interesting to me too is a guy like Trey Mason. Because here's a guy that, you know, a guy who I hated because he couldn't block or whatever, but talent will out, right? And, and again, can you, can you score when you get the ball? And he still made horrible mistakes in the blocking game. And that, eventually when you're a good team, you got to figure, he better learn. Because if you don't learn, then you're not going to be playing when the team is good. I mean, Jeremy Hill finished 16th among running backs in looks. He did have a very good yards per look at 5.27, which is lower than Latavius. How many, how many, how many total uh, looks did he have? Uh, 254. 254. Now, this is a very good, because we talk about, like, you say, oh, well, if a guy can get 220 rushes, and then he gets, like, you know, this is, we, people were projecting him to be a guy that was going to get about 170, 160. And I'm saying, I remember at the beginning, I said, because I said, forget it, uh, law firm uh, has uh, uh, is, is got no position here at all. Um, so you look at him taking that over, I'm like, he'll get closer to the 200. And then Gio goes down, and then he showed what he could do because he also showed the ability to break the long run. And he's got he's got the ability to uh, you know to, to have the, the ridiculous frame as well. Yeah, six, he's got the body. Six one, two hundred and thirty three pounds. He's got the body. There's no question there. Um, you know who else has got the body? Val Verde. Great galaxy. What are those weird things? They're beers. <laughs> Alcoholic beverages? Yes. I'm drinking High Life tonight. This is a lot lighter than my usual fare. Houdini, is, uh, you've got your... My normal Victory uh, st- uh, Storm King Imperial Stout. Because I'm, I go for the victory every time. And Stag Party is on a cute little diet. And he's lost 8 pounds. And he's drinking vitamin water and regular water. As you might have heard on the last few podcasts. It's good that you're on diet though. Where'd you guys get that cake? What piece of this? Yeah. That's my party cake. Where did you guys get that party, party cake. cake? Who gave them my party cake? I want my party cake. That was specifically, definitely for Bobcat and me. Zorak, did you give them my party cake? Uh, what party cake? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, numbers that I look for these guys. These are the most important. When I look at numbers... For wide receivers and tight ends, I pay the most attention. Uh, you know, for running backs, uh, I consider it more to be about the you know complete opportunity. Uh, you know how much they're going to get in terms of just a workload. For quarterbacks, you know, in terms of snaps and their overall ability in an offense. But wide receivers and you know tight ends, I look at a lot of numbers in making my decisions. Uh, Number my my favorite number is catch percentage. Uh, really, my favorite number is three. 
<laughs> Allen Iverson inspired? Uh, anyways, average <laughs> among wide receivers last season the magic number. was just under 59% um, in terms of completing c- catches from targets. Uh, the average among tight ends nearly 10 points higher at 68%. Uh, elite numbers for among tight ends are 75%, while elite numbers for wide receivers are over 70%. Uh you know, so the, just kind of give you an idea of you know crazy good so numbers. So then, when you're looking at those numbers, then your balls thrown at you, you're catching. Right. So now, when you're looking at that, are you looking at a guy's what he did over the last couple of years? You know, is this something that was was it a blip in the radar that he jumped up to this level, or is it something that he's consistently been at this level? I look or? for improvement. Like T.Y. Hilton's catch percentage went up from 56 to 59. I think it was up around 65 last year. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. He was up around 63. So he's constantly improving. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton's yards per catch went from 15.1 down to 13.2. And I think it went back up again last season, you know, pretty significantly. Is there a threshold for you? Because kind of like what you said with RG3, he's 7 for 10. You know, he's not getting you points. So a lot, some of these numbers and some of these statistics... I, I use the if, combination. If he's, not getting, if, he's, if he's catching, you know, 36 of 48 targets, you know, or what, what have you, then it's not get, it's not benefiting your fantasy. So is there a certain... I mean, there's always a lower threshold. I'm looking for at least a certain number of targets that he's catching. Well, like, is like, there like, a number like, that like, you okay, want to look like, at? Well, for example, when we talked... Uh, I like season last year, when we talked about um, PPR, when we talked about running backs... We said there's a threshold of how many catches a guy is going to get that makes a difference or doesn't make a difference. There is no difference between a guy who makes 32 catches and a guy who makes 48 catches. It's one point a game. It's, it's you know, a one catch a game difference. It's the guys who are getting 55 to 70 catches or more. Those are the guys that are the PPR massive guys. These other guys... You know, now if you have a guy who's only getting ten catches a game or a year, you know, then that's a guy that's an albatross, and that's one of those guys that you are getting negative value uh, for for who he is. Well, I think if you're doing, if you want a hundred targets, that's basically what I was asking. Like, where, right? Where what's what's the threshold? That's what I mean. They're, they're be that a you're not looking at the stats for the guy below it. I mean, a hundred and three would have been. Larry Fitzgerald uh, in terms of looks last year. I mean, there's guys lower. I guess maybe it'd be. You know, 80 is sort of the low point. But you're kind of looking for you're kind of looking for breakout guys there uh, to do it. But I don't use just catch percentage. I use catch percentage combined with yards per target. Because that gives me, you know, an idea of what they're doing with their volume, what kind of volume they're getting, you know, uh, how much they're catching of their volume. Because uh, again, you know, there's guys. Antonio Brown. Why does he get targeted well, so much? Let me ask, let me because ask you he catches seventy-two percent of the right, passes. But let me ask you another question. So when you're looking at that and you have all these guys and you have them there figured, then are you then thinking, now I want to take it to what team do they play on? Who are they playing with? Who's their quarterback? Situation. You know, all these different all the, that all those extra minutia things got to you know, help to define what those numbers say, right? And validate the value of. Those numbers are great data. Right. I mean, the numbers validate the, the situation uh, and vice versa. Uh, I mean, because, you know, the guys who are doing well catching passes, some of them are on crappy teams. 
That means that these are the guys who, with better quarterback play, with more targets, with more opportunities, are the guys who are going to make that big leap. No, no, I get it. I'm just saying, when I would look at all those numbers, then I want to see... Well, okay, here are all these guys. There are five, ten guys that fit the same criteria that, that ended up in, at the same spot at the end of the year. Well, how did they all get there? This guy got there by, he's an old savvier vet who just happened to you know, work his way through. Here's a guy that actually crescendoed up. Here's a guy that crescendoed down. But they all met at the same juncture. What's their situation and how do I judge them going forward to next year is my question. How do you use that data or are you... You know, are you looking at it like like that, or is it just? The I'm data? looking for breakouts. I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for bullshit trends. I'm looking for complete breakouts of guys who are going to be, you know, the big guy. Let me. The wide so, receiver I'm looking at as a, who did crazy things under the radar is Kenny Stills. He caught 75 percent of his passes last season, and do you know what he did with those pass yards per target? 11.2. Oh, I know. I'm a that, big Kenny Stills fan. But so, again, I like I like that pick too. But but it's only because I'm also looking at the exterior of it as well. You have you have um, uh, Marquise Colston there, who's older. Marquise Colston is you know not the the, the receiver that he was five years ago. If he was the receiver that he was five years ago, I wouldn't agree with you on Kenny Stills. The reason that Kenny Stills is going to get the looks is because of the, also the you know. The extenuating circumstances of his team, right? And, uh, but here's the thing that that you know is worrisome: is what about the downgrade of, of Drew Brees? And this is one of these things we don't even know exactly how the Saints organization feels about Drew Brees. They know they want they need to get a replacement for him. They're not going to replace him right now, but they're not also as happy with him as they've been. So Drew Brees, what round do you think he goes th- this year's drafts? You might see him third. second to third. Same thing. I mean, nothing. Special. Which becomes a good time to draft them then, because you're not, yeah. not overpaying for. He's a first for round pick for a lot of the last handful of years. Absolutely, reasonably so. Right, who, who else is another guy that you got like that that's under the radar? Uh, you know, for the tight end. Oh, let me just give you some good numbers that are good numbers for uh, yards per target. Yards per target for wide receivers seven and a half uh, is the average for wide receivers among tight ends. It's like seven point three five. Uh, an elite number for a wide receiver is over 10, while 9 yards is very, very good. Uh, for tight ends, that number is elite over 9, while 8 is very good. So the tight end, here's why I love Travis Kelsey. Because he caught 77.5% of his passes last season. Just one of the best numbers among tight ends, period. No matter you know how many targets. That's great. Uh, no matter what position you are, you're catching almost eighty percent of your passes. Forget it. That's and then, phenomenal. And then he caught nine point nine yards per target. So this guy, you know, the stats just say double down. The stats say if this guy gets twenty more targets, he's gonna get fifteen extra catches for what <laughs> seventy five extra yard or no, that's wrong. 150 extra yards. Uh, That's awesome. So, you know, just all. So all we're looking at is a small increase in targets, and we know what we're going to get. So the other, okay, let, me, let me play a devil's advocate for, for Kelsey because here's the one thing that is the problem for him. Snaps. No, <laughs> they had no wide receiver touchdowns. They had no wide receiver action last year. They are going to address that in the off season. So, does that potentially, you know, interrupt whatever trend he may be on? Who do they get? 
<laughs> Nobody yet. We'll find out. But, but it's still, it's, 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 but they're not going to sign anybody than... who's going to come in and immediately take away from Travis Kelsey. They're, well, because no wide receiver's going there. That is. That <laughs> Why is, would you go there? Is, yeah, if you're a wide receiver, like, so I'm like, ask a man like Sanders. The Bears, ask a Sanders. Sanders. Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Ask Emmanuel yeah. Sanders. It's like basically trying to date the slut. Well, he got this. he got a choice between them and a lot of money, and he got a choice between Peyton Manning and a potential Super Bowl, and a chance to also boost himself. He's going to get another contract because of Peyton Manning. He signs in Kansas City. That's the last contract he ever gets. I understand. He, they he was smart. Been, they don't. They, they don't. Yeah. You know, Ask Emmanuel Sanders. I know. That's what I'm telling. <laughs> I'm giving you his case. I just gave you his case. Going to KC as a wide receiver is like trying to turn the 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 the. the, the Loosest girl in your high school into your girlfriend. I'm gonna change her, man. I'm gonna <laughs> keep her. She's gonna be a one man girl. It's like turning Frank the Tank into an investment banker. Yes, yes. What do you got, buddy? We've talked about it. We touched on it. You know, touchdown dependency. It's one of those things. Touchdowns are pretty much impossible to predict from year to year. There are some guys that are better at scoring them than others. But even then, those guys fluctuate in how many touchdowns they score a year. Uh, LaShawn McCoy has had seasons where he scored, what, 24 touchdowns? And he had five or seven total touchdowns last year. And averages like double-digit touchdowns per... Uh, pretty much averages nearly a touchdown a game in his career. So he's a touchdown maker. It didn't happen for him this season. Yeah. But touchdown dependency, I'll just also say, is one of the major, major key ingredients for career year beware. Because it's the hardest thing to be able to repeat. It's easier to be able to repeat, as you're saying, uh, your, your catch percentage. It's an easier thing to, you know, it, the targets if you are in the right offense and you're, and, you're, and you're doing all the right things and you're continuing to grow and develop as a player. But touchdowns are so situational are so con- also dependent on everybody else on the offense doing everything right. The offensive linemen, all the right blocking, all the enough time for these plays to develop, that if, especially when you're talking about mi- wide receivers to me, especially. Anytime that you have a guy that gets more 10 or more touchdowns in a season, that's... Is he always doing it? Is or is this because if he's not, and then then you want to look into it deeper? Where do those other points of his come from? Did he like like Mike Wallace is your perfect example? Ten touchdowns, no hundred yard games, no games with like more than like maybe one game with more than seventy yards. It came all the last game of the season when everyone else was pretty much done with him anyway. So, you know these type of, of weird situations. Go ahead. Let's remember also with uh, Lashawn McCoy. He's going to be the one that gets traded to get the, the uh, Mariotti. Uh, Mar- Mariotti did Mariotti. Mariotti. Oh, oh, my. Team's trying to trade for that dude. He man. did get that 100-yard game against New England in at Week 15. Week 15, right, at the end of it. But, Ooh. Jay Mariotti. Ugh. Ugh. But he, they're going to have to, if they want to get that quarterback from Oregon, they're going to be trading McCoy. That guy's gone. I don't think so. You don't? I, no, no, because nobody wants to pay the running back that much. Good point. He's got a decent sized deal. I don't, I don't see why any team would take him on, uh, especially one, you know, in the top seven of the draft. Jameis Winston's coming out, right? Yeah. You know, he's the better quarterback. But, but Chip Kelly's got him. I know, I know, but yeah, I, Chip, I, you know what? Chip, I Kelly, bet you... Ch- Chip Kelly and Mariota, I will draft Mariota Drew Carey? in the Chip third Carey? round. 
You Chip Kelly. Yeah. Oh yeah. With Mariota, I'll draft carry. Nah, I'll draft Marcus Mariota in the third round if that combination is, comes together. Is what's his name going to be the, the first uh, pick of the draft? Uh, the, the guy from Florida State. No. Jamais. No. Jameis was. You know, he he'll be. I think he's going to slip just because he has uh, all the off the field issues. You know, there's no way that anyone's going to invest that number one overall pick on him. He'll he'll go first round. I can see him. Here's the thing. I can see Marcus Mariota going ahead of him. I can see Winston probably falling 17 spots under, right? Could be like one of those, like how Aaron Rodgers fell all the way down. Um, Johnny Football fell all the way down. I can see him having one of those things. And whoever, whatever team is going to grab him, he's the better pro prospect. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. But system fit. With Mariota and you know, yeah, Chip yeah. Kelly. Is just... I, I, but here's, here's my other thought, though. I, I, I understand the system fit. and Well, they are looking for a quarterback. So, you know, you Plus, he's already you're... said it. He's he fully... said this week. He's oh, you're going to say he oh, wants he, he, he wants it. Oh, he's already oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Remember, okay. He got promoted to where he's fully in yeah. charge of football operations. He Who the hell is going after him? Who the hell can stop? I, I, I didn't realize that he that he that he said that, and that's oh, why yeah. that's why. I think I just went to sleep and woke up stupid. <laughs> uh, that happened a uh, few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before he got a job in football, in, in the NFL, I said, if I ever get a job in the NFL and I end up getting control of all football operations, I'm going to go after this kid who I just uh, got to play at Oregon right now. Well, you know. It, People seem to love this guy. He's a character player. He seems to be like... He looked they, great in the national championship game. Yeah. What a, what a dud of a game that was. Um, all right. You Not fantasy-wise. <laughs> you got anything else um, that you want to lock up on the uh, touchdown of fantasy? Or should we go to a couple other uh, I mean, couple other preseason? There's uh, plenty, plenty of things on touchdown to fantasy. You know, you look at guys who had down years compared to other guys, you know... At their position, who finished in the same sort of range, yeah. So that way you can figure out a guy who's going to maybe take a step forward, you know. So then there's the Ryan Tannehill. He scored only you know thirty eight point six percent of his points from uh, you know passing touchdowns when people also in the top ten are scoring you know about five to seven percent higher. So you know his touchdowns are likely to rise next season. Well, you know, the year Peyton Manning had two seasons ago where he threw 55, you just knew it wasn't repeatable. Um, so, plus, for a guy who rushed for over, you know, 300 yards, only scored one rushing touchdown. So, here's a guy who's probably going to score more touchdowns next season. Already finished as the eighth overall quarterback. So, hey, you know, back end, he's not going to get drafted as the eighth overall quarterback. People don't trust him. But hey, if you're drafting in that back back half, last guy to draft a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, you know, has some numbers that are working in his favor. I think he's also going to be one of these guys that's going to be a riser going into drafts next year. I, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that he'll be one of those guys that, if he's ranked around ten, that he'll be around that tenth quarterback that people are looking to take because. He's again. He's still young and on that trajectory of everything is every year for him has gotten better, yeah. and and he finally had that three hundred yard game. And if he ever can figure out how to throw the deep ball, 
then he'll it, it makes such an impact on, on on his overall fantasy stats. Well, let's remember why we were so high on him last year, and that's strength of schedule, and that's one of the things that's on my list. So I'm going to choose to use it now. You can drop back into uh, into you know the touchdown dependency all you want, but strength of schedule, the Miami Dolphins, both for the wide receivers and. The wide uh, tight ends and the quarterback had the easiest schedule in the NFL for fan- scoring fantasy football points by those positions. Number one, Jared Dogmatica's preseason SOS strength of schedule piece said these guys have a cakewalk. The year before, it was Peyton Manning that had the easiest passing schedule. That's the year he had those 54 touchdowns. Five. Is, uh, 55. Is Tannehill... Uh, Peyton Manning, of course not, but that's the reason why he he looks so good. He had a good season. I think he's gonna get better, and I agree with you. He's gonna score more points, but he might. We don't know the schedule yet. He might have. He might be going up against a buzzsaw. So one of the things that I like to do in the off season in preparation, once they announce the schedule, usually within about two weeks of that. Um, we get uh, Dogmatica to do the strength of schedule uh, piece for our draft kit, for our content. Usually we, we kind of just keep it for our draft kit. But it's an amazing piece. And it just shows you by each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, what kind of defenses you're going in, uh, against for the season overall. And Jeremy's been dropping it, or Dogmatica's been dropping it down to a minutia level and doing it week by week and actually showing you what the strength of schedule is on week six against this opponent. These guys are going to be easy. Uh, so, and now that it's a part of our player rankings page, a, a key component, we're going to be updating that and not just doing it at the beginning of the season and then one time in the middle of the season. It'll be something that'll fluidly be getting updated all the time. Same thing when we're talking about how we're going to now be putting all these guys into all these subsections of tiers, right? Well, once Dogmatica gets that part added in too, then we'll have with all those different subsections and their strength of schedule as well. Absolutely. And we have that in the draft kit attached to each player, right? uh, but we don't have it uh, it linked to something additional with our tiers. Uh, I like strength of schedule. Pyro power ranking. Exactly. That's the next thing I was going to say. Strength of schedule, merge strength of schedule. If there was a Venn diagram, strength of schedule and pyro power rankings, teams that score a lot of fantasy points, your sweet spot is that right in the center. Oh, of you those don't, two. No Are no. you making a Venn diagram of vagina in, in your face right now? Um, <laughs> yes, yes. It isn't, but if you think it is, then good. I'm glad you're thinking of, of such things. It works. Um, but yes, I think that Venn diagram, if it was a vagina and it would win me a championship, I'd fuck it. <laughs> wow. Oh. What? I had a bad dream. I can't get back to sleep. It had a big fat bird in it. He gave me that freak. You're you need to get back to that going to sleep so you can be smarter. I woke up stupid though. <laughs> so that's my thing. Strength of schedule and those power and numbers this offseason, finding that that formula that really reaches uh it those makes perfect two. sense because those two things are so interconnected. In in one, on both ends, mm-hmm. and so when you when you when you do look at them that way, and you can and you can, I, I agree. It's like it's probably going to shine through. It'll be like four or five teams to stand out uh, of where you should be where you should be paying attention to for that where the strength comes in and where those teams who are either stoppers or producers. And you know another piece that works with that as well is and actually uh, the Wrath of Horvath posted a side by side picture of it on our Twitter account. 
And Zach, that, that was, that's not his name yet. We're still working on his name. We're still working on his name. But, we're, uh, we're in beta. Yeah, we're in beta. We're trying. We're playing. Playing it out. Oh. He's making me come up with it. Usually, it, it takes me a second, but oh. I'll, I'll get. Oh, it. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that one. <laughs> we have time for everything. We do three hours. <laughs> but one thing I was uh, going to say <laughs> is that your pyro power rankings were put next to the differential and best team kind of charts um, side by side, and they were basically money. Saw the graphic by the NFL. They were basically like money. That our pyro power rankings, which falls into strength of schedule and this power and numbers sphere, is another piece that really that we're we're always going to and using on a weekly basis. But we'll also be doing in the off season with a review, but also more of a you do a projection of who you think next year uh, is going to happen as well. So those are great pieces. Get the guys on fantasy teams that score points. Yes. There's not, it doesn't do you any good to get the best player on a team that doesn't score fantasy points. So be smart about it. It's a huge, huge thing. And it's a moving target. It moves from year to year. I think the Lions had five people last year, uh, two years ago. And this year... You know, I, want, so I want to two. add into that. You know, Another thing that I probably will look at as, a, as another factor for finding those teams. I want to find the teams that were the most dominant in time of possession. You know, because, and then see, is, is all the continuity the same coming back for the team? Is the whole offensive line the same? They control the ball 37 minutes a game. Their opponent only then has about 23 minutes a game. That extra seven minutes over the, over that 30 is huge. It's like a, half, a whole half a quarter. Think about that from a reverse standpoint for defense. Don't take a defense that's on the team that doesn't get on, that's never on the field. You're not going to score fantasy points. <laughs> You're not going to have any fantasy yeah. points for your defense. They're you almost, they they're almost too good for their time. own good, right? Yeah. Too good for fantasy. Yeah. Because they're they're getting uh, everyone's going to be a three and out. They don't get the multitude of sacks. They're not yeah. giving up yards in order to then get turnovers and yeah. and and create that back and forth. Absolutely. And it's going to be awesome. We've been talking, just so you know, listeners. We've been talking about a lot of off-season pieces and what we're going to be doing other to the website and changing. And it's a really exciting time for us right now. We missed some of the things we wanted to hit last year. We're in hindsight, we're happy that we did. Uh, everything happens for a reason. But we got great off-season ready to go here, and a lot of these pieces and a lot of this fact-finding and finding ourselves and just finding new formulas and new data for fantasy football. That's what we do. I have people all the time, and if you that, that send me an email, be like, I'd love to write for your site. I'll do a weekly stock market piece for you. I'd love to do the best three pay, uh, starts for the week and the and the three worst plays for bust for the week. And I, my response, like, I love your interest and I appreciate it. I, I'd like you, you know, we, we can potentially work together, but. We're not interested in pieces like that. Right. I don't want. We we've done plenty of them in our six years of doing it. I don't want to just have a fluff piece that's got six names of guys that are going to do, have a great week and, and then, six guys that they think are going to have. We a call that week. our player rankings. We call that our player rankings, and it's just something where I get why someone would want to write that. I get that, but the truth is, the fact is, you. Well, it's not that. It's not what wins championships. Oh, how about this? You want to know how you, how you, you can get, get how that do you, on the, How do you get noticed by us? How did how did Mo get noticed by us? <laughs> Valverde. Stay hey, buongiorno, everybody. <laughs> uh, Mo got noticed us, I think, through the podcast, right? 
No, was he the one that uh, that uh, did, did, was he? Oh no, no, that's right, that's right. It was no, it was uh, a brief uh, for a brief moment. Uh, remember EC for EC. a brief. DP. But the way he got our attention was by taking a piece that I did and then yeah, delving deeper into it deeper. and saying, "Okay, I like what you were doing on this. Let me look further into it." But it's really all the things that we're talking about here. If anyone were to, if you were to do something like that on your own, these are things that are going to help people win championships. That's what we're about. We're, yeah. we're about finding different and new ways, which is why we can never stop looking because there's always got to be. You know, I'm on the constant search for the fountain of youth and the championship trophies. It makes so sense, man. Those things you just you have to keep looking inside minutiae's. Well, dive that's why, deeper. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why. I say stags. I, I ask you on everything that, that it is. Are we looking at all these other different aspects? Because all to me. Um, all right, let's talk about some other off-season stuff. Let's just talk about a couple guys who were. You know, didn't make a lot of touchdowns last season. Who should make it again? You know, next season. Lashawn McCoy. We talked about him previously a little bit. Julio Jones didn't score that many touchdowns. You know, he got most of his points on the third highest uh, receiving yardage total in the league. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely a guy who scored double-digit touchdowns before in the past. So you know, look for him to score even more points again next season. Uh, and then there's, you know, Zach Ertz, where he only scored three touchdowns total on the season. So, you know, those are a couple guys who are bound to score more next season. Well, let me give you a guy who I'm I'm kind of concerned about. A guy who outperformed expectations this year, especially in the touchdown rate. That's Torrey Smith. Yeah, and yeah. Antonio Brown. Right. Well, but, but Torrey Smith especially, because Antonio Brown is the number one receiver on his team. Antonio Brown is a stud. Antonio Brown is going to always get a ton of targets. From Ben Roethlisberger, so he's a. If you see a drop, it's not going to drop necessarily. I mean, it was. What did he have last year? Was it fourteen? Fourteen total touchdowns. Yeah, right. I believe so. So. And, uh, yeah, he had one that one. And, and what was it the year before? Was it eight? Eight or nine? Eight or nine. So, I can see him regressing, but I'm still seeing him between eight to eleven touchdowns. So I can understand, but but again, I'm just factoring that in. Torrey Smith is more of a, of a concern because. You know, with Torrey Smith's touchdowns, here's a guy that is not getting as many targets as Antonio Brown. He is not getting as many yards as Antonio Brown. He is not, you know, the, the touchdowns were the thing for him that really made him fantasy relevant. Absolutely. I mean, he scored a ton of touchdowns. Uh, and let me see here. What he did... You know his percentage of touchdowns was among the highest of yeah. any. Yeah. What was his percentage team. to catch? How many? How many of his catches? Forty-six point three percent of his total fantasy points were from came touchdowns. For touchdowns, nearly forty-six percent. Yeah, the highest among any wide receiver. How many? Okay, how many? In the top, it was how many you know, touchdowns seven. did he have? He had eleven touchdowns. How many receptions? Uh, Forty-nine touchdowns. Oh. 49 receptions. Yeah, oh, yes, 49 receptions. So basically, One of every 20, 21, 22% of his, over 22% of his catches were touchdowns. 20, 11 yeah. of, of 49. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Vernon Davis number. Right. That's a, that's a number <laughs> that, that, that should scare you to say you can't expect that again. Absolutely. But he regressed but, in so many other things it could even out. But is, is this one of those things, though, that he could potentially, um, you know, get himself to 
more targets, which is going to make it be better. You know, because if he gets more targets, then it's, then it's all good. It could be like a Val Valverde is the name that scares me to mention sometimes. No, it's your turn. Ah, uh, yeah. It is your turn. It is my turn. You know something else? There's like 49, 49 catches. Well, what do you think about Steve Smith on, on the flip side? Yeah, how Smith? old is Steve Smith? I mean, I, I, he still has got the vigor of a, of a 20-year-old. We know that. He's Ask got the fight. <laughs> He's got, he's got the fight. That was his quote, not mine. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, what did he say? He's, Ask the wife. He's, he's like, you're old. You don't have the stamina you used to. He's like, you're worried about my stamina. Ask my wife. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a great fucking line. How did you not text that to me? I needed to tweet that. Oh, my God. I don't that guy is that a, was he's, a while he's ago. Got, you talk about the, you're looking for the fountain of youth and a fantasy championship. Oh, him. I think he's, his got, DNA. The, he's got the fantasy. He's got the fantasy. Fountain of youth. Uh, is he going to be the Mini Minoso or whatever of the uh, of the NFL? Is he going to play? Will he be like the Steve DeBerg of the wide receivers? <laughs> you know the Jerry Rice. Who's the lo- who played the longest? That's a good question. I I don't know. Know. How old? He's Jerry not forty Rice. yet. Who was the old? Well, the kicker. Was it Morton like Anderson. Was Morton Anderson retired. or Gary Anderson? One I don't know. You got to be talking about. Position. I'm a position player, position. right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about real positions yeah. here. Boy. How old was, well, how old was Daryl Green when he retired? And Daryl Green was still running like a four-four at the end of his career. It's true. It's true. Veter- this would be, he might be. I'd love to see him in the veterans uh, combine. I hated him because now. I hated him because as a Bear fan, they knocked us out of the playoffs all those years, but. My God, probably one of my favorite defensive players ever to, to watch. You know, I, it's so weird. I hated the Redskins, yet I loved so many of their players. I loved the posse. Gary Clark was my favorite. I liked uh, Monk. Art Monk, well, oh, jeez, I mean that guy was ridiculous. So it's like, yeah, Ricky we Sanders for me was the third for me too. He we was, talked about Mark. Rippen. Where's Ricky Sanders? <laughs> we talked about Mark Griffin. He basically's got. He looks like a giant whenever he's at these Pizza golf face? tournaments. Oh my god, what a beast that guy is. That his guy head Moon his, face. His head is like a big watermelon. Uh what else are we gonna talk let's, let's talk about let's not talk about these charts. Let's talk about off season preparation. What are another thing I do and it's, it goes back to auditing and it's important. I look at the championship team. Deconstruct the championship team this year. Look at in any of your leagues, if you didn't win it, look at the team that did, look at their draft. Look at what they did. What got them there? Was it a trade? What, who were they playing? Were they making ballsy? Look at that stuff. The best way to know what happened in your leagues by knowing the best team and trying to analyze it. So a lot of my stuff right now, and we'll be doing more of these. We'll be doing a, probably a couple off-season preparation uh, podcasts for you. But this one for me, it's like while you're still in the heat of the moment and you're still uh, recent to the season, I, I look at that kind of stuff. Well, I, I, I want to... Uh, jump on that uh, piggyback because I do the same thing. I, I was looking at, at my big foam board, right? And what I did at, at the end was I circled who are the playoff teams, where did they draft, you know, what what decisions did each of these teams that made the playoffs make mm-hmm. that the teams that didn't. And then it's because it's not only about looking at the teams that made the playoffs; it's also about looking at the teams that didn't. Where were their pitfalls? Like, oh my God, this team could have been amazing had they just made. These two different picks. Yeah. So, because the other thing is this. I'm in a, in a league 
where we don't determine what your draft position is until 30 minutes before the fucking draft. I did not like that. Right, it's tough because it, so you have to prepare. That's tough. It's tough because you have to prepare for all eventualities, and it's hard to because at least if you have a chance, do you have like do you have like when you go to that draft, do you have like 12 different Manila folders? No, I you, wish you pick in your fifth. You're like. It's oh. gonna be number five. Put the other ones in your bag. That sounds like you sound like the Simpsons movie. <laughs> we have five options for you. I choose number three. Choose again. Number five. No, choose again. Number two. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had that type of preparation where I could I could say if I drafted here I would do these things. No, but so that's why it's like. So basically, you're telling our audience tonight you're lazy. You don't know what you're <laughs> no, talking about. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that there's no way that you can prepare for know, that type of situation. What you have to do ahead of time is prepare for all situations. So that's why it's important not to just look at the winning team. Look at the playoff teams because you know, for me, it, it, it's it's just about getting to the playoffs. Once you get to the playoffs, you can win the games, especially in my main league where it's the playoffs are the actual playoffs. So it's about the entire regular season. So I'm really, and that's really my only, as we know, my only league that I do an annual draft in. So I study that one so hard to know how do I get to that level and why are these teams, because for the last three years as the NFL has changed so much, well, I talked about this pre-podcast, this year was such a freaky year. Most leagues were the difference between the teams, there were probably four teams that didn't make playoffs in almost every league that were one game out yeah. or within like some matter of points that they missed the playoffs. And those last that last playoff or two spots didn't have great records. Right. There were teams that there were six and seven or whatever yeah. that were could have been either in, in, in six and seven in a, teams in a made lump the playoffs of five or right. six other teams right, right there. The worst right team in the league had five wins, that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's how my league went. And you know, just looking at my champions draft, it was uh, nice and you know weird how it ended up. Uh, you know, he drafted. He ended up ha- having three top ten receivers. Uh, you know, crazy. Uh, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Randall Cobb. Then other ways, you know, he had a top five running back. You know, Matt Forte. And his quarterback and tight end situations were crap, and he streamed defenses and things like that. So, he and then he ended up with Jonathan Stewart at the end of the season. Before that, he had Denard Robinson. So he always had a you know pretty decent running back too. And it was just like, how did he draft all those guys, or was he picking them off all of waivers? I mean, mostly, mostly it was just the drafts for the core of his team, and then it was a couple supplementing your running back two through the draft. And through, through like, did he draft Denard Robinson? No. Okay, that was a way of right. Thank right. God. See, Denard Robinson, the way that my fantasy mind's been working lately, and this is what I've got to change and tweak and recalibrate because I was so bad with the running backs this year. I would never want a Denard Robinson on my team. There's so many of these guys like Crowell I would never want. I would never want them. There's just so many of them that I wouldn't even think about taking, and I've got to kind of lift that running back. The player snobbiness, almost, that I'm yeah. just like, nah, that guy's not going to be on my team, whether it's name, whether it's situation, teams I don't like, I've got to peel that back and be like, you said, try and get some of those late-round lottery tickets. On a pickup, look at something, all right, this guy's actually getting some targets and some touches, I don't like the situation, I don't love the team, but this guy's getting the opportunities, and jump on it. I agree with that, I think that's great advice, it's time for a Bell Verde! You look beautiful in the candlelight, buddy. 
Do you have this? Did you have this on like DVDs? Can you get the whole, uh, the entire box set of of Space Ghosts on DVD? Oh, well, I don't know. It was uh, the show was like it was uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Space Ghost. Do not remember? He was actually like he was like a uh, an interviewer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So he it was uh, you know was Space Ghost like a, another cartoon or something at some point? I don't know. It was. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. What's what else? Give me give me something you're gonna do this off season. Uh, stags that's going to help you prepare for the 2015 season. What are you going to do? Even if it's different or something you do every year? Uh, something new this year I think I'm going to do is the snap counts. I haven't really analyzed snap counts a lot. I've known you know guys that have played more than other guys, but you know there's just some guys who get it done on such a limited snap count that you know they're going to get more snaps the next year. Uh, Martavis Bryant only played like 26% of his team snaps. And the dude had 500 yards receiving and 8 touchdowns. So you know this is a guy they're going to try to get on the field more. So hey, look for a little jump in production because he's going to be on the field for 50% of the time. Uh, you know, guys that perform in limited duty are due to, you know, for an increase next year. And guys, you know, you're talking about the situation around them where you know, Reggie Wayne's playing upwards of seventy percent of the snaps and Dante Moncrief's down uh in the thirty to forty range, you know, that's probably not gonna last. So, you know, looking at the snap counts you can kinda, you know, maybe do an average and do a flop of situations and kinda figure out Mon where Moncrief would be if he played seventy percent of the snaps and kinda what his numbers would look like and that'll kinda give you a place to put him in your tiers. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Dini, any anything you're gonna want to be doing uh, this off? I like that snap counts, by the way. Another piece, stag parties got to us, guys. Got, got stacks on stacks on stacks. What what, what do you stacks got? Stacks on stacks on stacks. Stags, I like that. Stag stats on stacks. Yeah. Stag stats on stacks. Say that three times fast. <laughs> say that ten times fast. Uh, say that. Then once you're a champion. Took <laughs> <laughs> so have a few Valbertas and stags on stats on, on stag came. You don't even. You remember. lose. You, you lose remember. before you start. I woke up stupid yeah. today. <laughs> what What do you got for so, us, uh, Dean? Uh, Something you're going to do this off season? We're going to do it this year. It's we're really going to investigate the offensive lines because it is key when. You know, when when me and Dog were all about saying that Tony Romo is going to break down, we, well, we should have really looked at the offensive line because that's the best offensive line in football. And we should have known that, you know what, that protection was going to get better. Yes, he is frail and he did take the shot in the back, but holy crap. He's coming got, off surgery. Off I know, that, surgery. I know, and that, that was, was the thing, fair. but. They did protect him pretty well. He didn't take a lot of the major shots. And they also had that amazing offensive line that opened up all the holes for DeMarco Murray. It's so it's offense. again, it's it's I wanna go back and, and do again, it's it's we haven't done it as much. We we always talk about it, we know what's important, we talk about who the free agents are, we look at the line. We tried know? to get it done last year. Right, but no but, but it needs right, but but we're going to now like actually uh look at these lines and say who has all these guys that are returning? You know, because they they there are end of season rankings. They rank every guard, every every tackle, every center. You know, who's the best in the league? One through thirty two. So you could we've done it. We've right. done it on our site many years. We right. just didn't do it last year, really. So it's going to get done, and I think Maybe that's going to be an important thing to me, especially much, as I'm evaluating uh, all the positions because where those lines come, I want to see. 
who the strong lines were last year, where do they relate to as far as were they, how many of them were in the power teams, in those top eight, nine teams that produced all the fantasy scores, the, the majority of the fantasy scores, as Suits pointed out to us last year. So when we, if, if there's a, you know, if there's a correlation that 70% of those lines are on those teams, well, then those are the teams also that you need to be looking for. And then as we see what's trending forward with these teams going, you know, it, it, it makes sense. Well, also with offensive lines, there's offensive lines that are just great at run and and, and pass. Some are better. And at some running. are great running the uh, offensive lines and paving the way for the runners, and other ones are better at buying time and not being down in the, in the full stance, whatnot. There's uh, another. So there, now you just we just add another thing to my little uh, uh, minutia. Of, this thing's of, gonna, this thing's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be insane. Three thousand pixels wide. All I'm seeing is I fucking We need a new machine. We're gonna sell you a new machine to be uh, able to. Hey Houdini, we've run out of the. Car. Color wheel. We have run out of colors. There are no colors left for how many goddamn categories you want to put in this thing. What the hell is wrong with you? And that was not actually a soundbite. That was not Space Ghost, right? That's there. just Houdini. <laughs> Houdini creeping. Ooh. Ooh. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, let's. What else you got? What can you I'm, say? I'm trying to think of uh, something I'm going to do this off season. You got anything in the in the in the meantime? No. Okay, I got something. You know what I'm gonna do this off season? Put the I'm, pressure on. No. You know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make sure that my tears. I do this when I'm doing my tears. I pit every guy against the guy above and below him yeah. at that position to find out who's who who you know who's gonna rank higher than that guy. What I need to do also in this, and I'll have a lot more information as Houdini's told me. Um, is I also need to start pitting these guys up also, which kind of goes against my, my tears thought, against other positions. Real time while I'm looking at them, figure out other, there's got to be a way for me to mark where a tier blocks off vis-a-vis other positions as well. If That's I, a great idea. I think it's hard. It's hard. No, I understand hard what you're saying. It's hard to explain. But what you're saying is, I conceptualize here's where the tiers are one, two, three, four, five, and quarterbacks one, two, three, four, five in each of the different positions. Where tier one breaks for quarterbacks is where I see, you know, tier two for running back. It's what you do during the draft, right? But you don't exercise that, like, kind of when you're preparing your tiers. You're not almost looking at your tiers and pretending and running yourself through a mock draft all too often. There's got to be a line that says, the, the, this the, is, bottom these are the, third, the bottom third tier of wide receiver matches up to uh, the the fifth, seventh right. tier of tight ends. Correct, correct. I understand. I, I do gotta, that all the time. I say, I'm saying I didn't. I mean, that, I do it that's in the how drafts. A tier, that's how a tier works. Tier I do one. it while I'm drafting. When I'm saying I'm going to prepare this year and look more in the mocks. And and, and and have more of a baseline of not where the tiers are for this silo, this running backs. I'm going to compare them and have a note on how they match up to the tight end and wide receiver. Tier one tier. and each tier should be who you're prepared to take in round one. Period. No, I don't agree with that. that. That's that. how I just, I don't, when I put them together. Do it. I don't do that. That's, that's not how I look at it. I don't do it. Then there should be, you know, because... That's not how I, I look at it. By that's not the way I do it. It's by either. position. It's because it, it's always. It's, it's not it, individual positions. It's no, no, when well, I originally like talked to you guys about this, and this is how I draft using tiers four or five years ago. You should compare these guys across tiers, not you, just straight down. Do it. You do it by round. You do it by round. I, I don't I do it tier. by round. I, I don't do it by round. 
buy round is kind of one way I look at it. Okay. But, hey, if I'm prepared to draft Drew Brees if all these other guys are gone in Tier 1, Drew Brees is the last guy among quarterbacks in my tier. So everybody else, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray, LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, Matt Forte, you know, Adrian Peterson, they're all gone. Uh, the top tier of wide receivers. Uh, well, I'm just going off my head. I don't know who it actually was. Calvin Johnson, uh, Julio Jones, Julio Jones, Jones AJ Green, Dez, and Mark then Brandon Marshall. I, and then I've got you know uh, Jimmy Graham at the top. All those guys are gone. You know, Aaron Rodgers is gone, and Peyton Manning's gone. So 11 of 12 guys out of my tiers are gone. I'm supposed to be able to draft the 12th guy in my tier. A tier one with no hesitation, and that's kind of, that's how I compare okay, okay. across positions. I understand to get positional value. No, no, I understand. But do you write your tiers with every position in them? You have each. You have, see what we're doing is we're saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. We do the same thing. The difference is this. Pra- I, just, I want to practice it before real time. When I because because the thing is Still this. Time. Here's what I here's what I know, especially when I look at. What you would think would be the easiest thing to predict, right? When I have my the teams that make it in my my one league in the postseason, there are eight teams playing, there are four teams drafting, there are only a, a finite number of players that can be taken. What order should they be taken in, and what how should they do it by what they? But it's different because it's based on what you've already drafted. So once you've already drafted a running back, well, then all the running backs that are in there potentially go off of your it, over your intermixed chart mm-hmm. so that's why for me i like to keep them separate where i go where's the value here at quarterback ah it sucks there's nothing here where's it here ah here okay i like it where's it why is it oh i like it here now i'm deciding then now all of a sudden those two already become what you're saying i don't need to put them into a tier together it's as the drafts unfolding where are their tiers laying out as the drafts unfolding for me that's why i get, I, I I get confused so much me. with the with the with the Combining them all into, into into multiple tiers. I mean, I know I know what you mean because I do it in my own. You got four. You, Stags got this four is four silos. I know, I know. But, but but saying I'm just saying I don't look at all guys across a certain thing. I look at it by I I have I know who I like because I'm I rank all the players in each of the tiers. I don't want to. I hate the top 200 lists, and we've talked about that before. Can I ask you a question? So on your tiers. Running back last year, we knew you were. What what was your first tier? Was it two players? Was it one player? Was it five players? Four, four players. And then your next play, next tier was how many? Uh, probably about four. So are you trying to get four in each tier? No. Okay. It okay. just it just varies between round, but four usually is how it works out for maybe the first two. Uh, you know, depending because I'm running back heavy, I've always been running back heavy. In my mind, you know, I need more running backs at the top end of my draft because I'm going for the big fish. I'm going for the number one overall running back. And I'm only drafting guys who I think could be the number one overall running back. I don't really want a guy who I know is going to finish top ten every year. I'm looking for that top guy. I'm going fishing for fucking sharks. Uh, <laughs> and Because I know if I get a shark... I'm getting six point eight. This is a sport fisherman over here. The difference maker, no question. No, I, think, I, I well, agree. Here, That's what, what you I'm should saying. do it. I think what I've realized is, the, and, and I know sometimes when we talk about these concepts and sheets and charts over the podcast, it's hard to follow along. But I think what I'm, I've gotten out of, we're all saying kind of the same thing is, 
I think I didn't do enough mock drafts last year because I think my tiers are put to the test. Dress rehearsal, are you're using your tiers real world in a situation that's drafting, other people are drafting, you're getting a position like you just mentioned, so now I don't need that position again, so I'm, my eyeball's not looking on that, I just drafted a quarterback next round. Basically, I'm not drafting a quarterback for the next seven rounds. Boom. Knock that, that, tier, that column out of your brain. I think what I need to do, and I didn't do this last year, and now it's kind of all coming to a head. I didn't do enough mock drafts. I didn't do enough. How many mock drafts did you do? I mean, to be honest, maybe two. Oh. The ones that we did on the ones that we did in the podcast. No, I did two, but besides that, to get prepared for the podcast. <laughs> but literally, and usually, so I, four usually, or five. Yeah, a lot less. Usually, I'm doing, and it, it helps obviously know where your draft spot is. So the minute you know where your draft spot is, I'm going and I'm seeing. All right, what's What's kind of happening around here? And your leagues are always different. Your scoring's different. But you got to do what you got to do. But it helps you know the layout. It helps you choose between players in your head, in which is the most important. And most importantly, across different positions. Where is, where is the 15th guy in my wide receivers in my tiers? Whatever tier that is. Say that's tier 4 or 5. How does that person match up to tier four, you know, number six at tight end? And I think when you're going through those mock drafts, you find the value. And more so than anything, and I'm, I guess I just didn't practice what I preach a lot last year. We were all really busy on this site. I, I know that I, I just didn't give my time to my teams enough. And this year I'm only going to have one league, which is going to help as well. But doing those mock drafts is an exercise to make you realize when someone gets picked, and you waited for him, and you didn't take him, even in a mock, knowing you're not going to have him on your team, and it pisses you off, whoop, move that guy up. <laughs> I don't want to be pissed off. I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. And that really helps, other than just in your mind saying, who would I take over, would I take Sammy Watkins, or would I take uh, Brandon Cooks? Who would I take out of this guy? That works, but not until you feel that sting of not getting a guy that you really think could be good. So mock drafts for me, I'm doing a lot more of those. That's going to be my off-season thing. I'm going to go back to doing a ton of those. Give me 20 of those, and I'll be in a better place than just four or five. I, I, you know, part of I'm thinking back. I want to, I'm connecting a lot of dots here from tonight. So part of the dots that I'm connecting is. You know, what you just mentioned right now, and what I had mentioned uh, earlier in trying to figure out where those values of different players are in the draft and, and where the, the big scores are coming from. Because here's another thing that always happens every year in, in the draft, and it happens to everyone, that's any, anyone that's in a snake draft, is that I don't care what round it happens in, but there's two picks that happen where you're like, I hate every player that I have to choose from right now. I don't want any of these players on my on my team. So when that happens, well, let's 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 think outside the box. Can you be Al Davis and say I'm going to draft a punter right now, or I'm going to you know you know what I mean? Whether yeah, it be yeah. I'm going to draft a player that I actually have not literally a punter, but, a, but no, but a player that I player. have that I have ranked a round or so later that I just really like, and I'm just going to stretch on him yeah, because you know what. Screw it! I I know that no matter what, have a team any like. of the players that I take here, I'm going to be cursing this player, and the fact that I took this asshole for the rest of the season. Why not at least step up and grab a guy that I like? Yeah, you're kind of you? yeah. Fuck you, Pierre Garcon. I picked you over Golden Tate, the guy that you liked, right? <laughs> I picked uh, Alshon Jeffrey over Antonio Brown, and I knew it. I love Brown. 
But Alshon is saying this thing. I'm like, oh, these guys are going to be like, I, I, I like it. Let me give you another like piece of advice. Steelers. Let me give you another piece of advice. Something that always helped me to win championships. As who, I don't care who you are a fan of, unless you are a fan of the team that is the, the most amazing. You, know, you were a Broncos fan or whatever. You can draft Demarius Thomas. But as a Bear fan, or if you're a fan of like the Titans and the Jets, the you know this is why my one friend who's always in my league, he'll never win. He's a Jets fan. He drafts three Jets players every goddamn year. <laughs> you're never gonna win. Minimum, minimum three. Rob, you're never going to win if you continue to draft only Jets players. You want to know who that worked for this year? The guy that won in my my league, he had o, he's a, a, a Giants fan. Okay, ODB, ODB. Eli. The guy won in our league, league, and it's his favorite team. So that's just and like, he overdrafted them. In, uh, uh, Eli in the eleventh round, probably, and and ODB uh, 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 the the first week that he was activated by the Giants, no, he I think them up I, he drafted him. Oh, he drafted yeah, him. He held on for him. Him. Good for him. It's a rookie. It's a must-play but, 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 but for the most part, if you're in a team, in, a, in an area, you know, you're, you're a fan of, of a team that's not great fit, the best success you'll ever have is take your Stay heart away. out of it. Like, I always, whenever I had my worst seasons was when I drafted Bears players. And it was, my rule was, the Bears are, are a horrible offensive team, and then Trustman came in and screwed me and made me think that maybe there was a chance, and I lived good with Forte uh, last year. Then I said... I'll never have a Bears player on my team, and my fantasy team will be good. <laughs> and it uh, worked. I believe it. Anything? Uh, any other? What, what else? Well, what should we kind of target collectively as a you know number of mock drafts to? Because I do a shit ton of mock drafts. I believe it. <laughs> what, what 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 number? What do you do think? You like? If you do a ton of them, what's what's? Let's I say, do, let's I say you're like, in one league. Just for your listening audience, so per league, how many mock drafts should you do based on your draft spot? Uh, and and better question than that. A better <laughs> question than that. I have one league that we don't determine the order until the thirty second floor. So that's twelve. So I don't know number one. I already have to do twelve because I have to do one from each epic spot. How many do I have to do from each spot? Tell me, Stags. Oh. <laughs> oh. Calm down, buddy. Calm down. Uh, Forty-eight hundred mock drafts. What, <laughs> one thing. I'll ten maybe. What's a ten for? If you know your draft spot, you know maybe ten mock drafts, and if you don't, maybe once around. So the you're saying 120. Well, no. Now, are you trying to change Here's ten per per position? No, I'm saying if you know your spot, pick ten times. If you don't know your spot, go once around the, the number of teams that are in your league. Can I can I find out how you're doing? Um, how you're doing your mocks? You're doing a ton of them. You know your draft spot. You're in a 12 man league, and you're drafting seventh. On those ten times that you do it. What I'm are doing you, a lot more. Fine, but how many <laughs> variables? What are, are you trying to tweak your tiers to drive this? Does that help you tweak your tiers? Are you changing? Are you just doing a bunch of different teams to see which ones you like at the end? How uh, are you? How are you? What's kind of your rhyme or reason on each each for, each? First, I, I don't even look at a tier sheet doing my first couple mock drafts. Uh, in all honesty, I'll sort of just plug, see where other guys value people. And it just gives me an idea of, okay, if I want Latavius Murray, I need to have him in the top, you know, four tiers or else I'm not getting this guy. So, you know, I have to stick strong with my convictions. So I do that maybe two or three times, call it a dry run. You know, you're looming her up. And then uh, then I'll go in with my tiers and kind of, you know, start making, uh, I'll make my tiers and kind of go in with some headway. Uh 
and start moving guys up and down based on who I like and who I don't like. And then when I, you know, last couple, I'll really make decisions like, do I want this guy? Do I want to go this position first? If this, if these guys are all gone, am I comfortable doing this? And, you know, really making tight, you know, tight, tight decisions. But I'm doing a lot more than 10. Here's what I, 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 the reason I, why I think I failed this year, honestly. In I, I also don't think coming, it's... Realizing it now. I, I, I'm, I, here's my thing that I've just realized. And, and we have the capacity to do it here. And, and the capacity that we have to do is... We, can, we should do our own mock drafts. We should do at least a mock draft a week. With, uh, you know, with everyone in... Once we get like getting close to uh, actual draft times. But like starting like July... And we have enough of a mind share here that we can all get together and we can and we can do this because I think that it's when I go on like random mock drafts, you don't know who you're drafting against. I want to at least draft against people who are well-minded, sound people who know what's going on. So you know, minimally, yeah, you don't know their biases, right? So it's like you know, and, and the other thing is that no, but here's what's great. Same, no, but here's what's great. Even awesome. though we all talk about things, we all have different opinions, and the fact that you. Uh, me, D-Rex, and Stags, and Dogmatica, and Mo, Valverde, Suits, uh, Hormuth. We all, we all come from different ideas and different uh, of how you want to build a team. And the best part is that here's how we can all help each other. This is the one asset that we have that our fans don't have, and this is how we can lead, lend it to them. And it, something that for one of your things about thinking about future podcasts, what we can do. If we're always getting together and we're doing multiple mock drafts with all of us, and doing 12-team leagues or whatever so that they're extensive. And we continue to do them, and we all draft in different positions each time. And it's not just once we get together. We can plan to get it done and say, because you can do a draft in two hours. We, what we should do, you know how we do early as hell? Then, then, early as hell time, sleepers. But, but also spending time on podcasts analyzing all those mock drafts. because Let's that's do a mock draft spot. first podcast after the Super Bowl. The earliest, the earliest mock, mock draft, draft ever in the, in the history, history of fantasy football. <laughs> Then you have one after free agency, then you have another one after the rookie yeah. draft, then you have another one after no, another one after veteran free agency uh, 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 combine. Uh, combine underwear Olympics. Sweatpants. Let's have, you know, I mean, mock draft mania all summer. I'm, That's I'm, all we're doing, all, guys. All off-season. Every week, mock, mock, mock draft. Mock draft. Mock draft. Think about that. If you did that, if you did that. We've exhausted, we've exhausted all, all new thoughts and theories. Sorry. Hope you enjoyed it while it lasts. <laughs> well, that was good. Hey, listen, let's 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 talk about let's let's shift a little bit. Let's go back to, to the coaching stuff that we were talking about. Okay, I think it's a good place to close close. Uh, well, do you, well, yeah, yeah, do you, you have, have any other uh, any other off season? Again, we'll do more I put of my these. Computer down four hours ago. <laughs> it ran out of batteries. No, <laughs> almost. <laughs> well, yeah, my old uh, my old uh, PC might have, but this new MacBook's running pretty strong. That thing's pretty sick. All right, yeah. Nice, nice name drop. MacBook. MacBook. Highbrow. Pro. Pro. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? What do you got on, co- on coaching? Uh, what do you What do you want to close this thing out? with? Well, I was just saying, I, I couldn't believe. You look at some of the weird things happening. So the Bears get John Fox and Adam Gase come from uh, Denver to Chicago. Joe D. Camillus, our horrible special teams coach. Did you hear where he was going? No. Denver. He goes to the Broncos. Nice. Now, the crazy thing... Mel Tucker... Would he get a job? Is potentially going to the Oakland Raiders to fix their defense. 
To be the D's, the, the D's. Okay, coordinator. Okay, wait, wait. Not a coaching job, a coordinator okay, hold on, job. Okay. Oh my God. I want to combine. I want to combine. Let's combine the atrocities together. So you have Mark Tressman, who out uh, earned Adam Gase to get the offensive coordinator job in Baltimore. He got that job, and if Mel Tucker were to get the defensive coordinator job, he said in, in uh, Oakland. Yeah. All I can say. Schwarzenegger scream uh, video, remember that? No, well that, that was all of his screams. Yeah. But no, there was another one that I played at some point in time. It was like that was hilarious. The the overlap of like it was like a it was a horrible long scream of some sort that I, I did remember that. Oh I my god! Too. Um, all right, what else we got for fo- uh, coaching that are, that's fantasy relevant? Anything you guys can think of? I mean, not all the offensive coordinators have been hired yet. There's a bunch that are still out there left to be had. Uh, There's not even the head coaching job. I mean, the Niners haven't hired. Atlanta yet. hasn't hired a head coach. No, yet. Uh, the Niners hired a head coach. Ooh. Yeah, Jim T- Tomasula. Tomasula. Oh yeah, yeah. They got yeah. the in-house guy that they and love. Saying, the only saying, they don't have they don't have Quinn's, an offensive coordinator. They're saying yet. Quinn's yes. going to be over in, in Atlanta. But he just wants to wait until after well, the Super Bowl. Well, he has to wait contraction. Correct. He has to wait until after the Super Bowl contraction. But, I mean, that's the only head coaching job that's still open. And I'm surprised. It's, it's interesting, right? The, a- the NFC South, this was a very offensive uh, division. And now you got, you're going to have Ron Rivera, you're going to have Lovey Smith, and you're going to have Dan Quinn. Three defensive-minded guys along with Sean Payton. Good. That makes Do it- your job. That makes it look like Sean Payton's got some job How about, games to win. Talking about do your job. Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau is having some a uh, little bit of rough times here in Chicago. It just shows you how uh, the guy that was uh, first team All NBA, or Noah, he's he's the real he's the real guy that is is the badass for driving force for our team. Our defense sucks without him, and we're losing and losing and losing. So uh, I don't know. We'll come around. Peaks and valleys always with the with the Bulls. Uh, I, I still like him, but I can't wait. He he poured another drink. I don't know if anyone heard it, so I'll give you your Valverde. I forget how to be mean. That radiation half lobotomized me. <laughs> I just Only woke up half? stupid. Yeah, half. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to close out with? I used to be temporarily insane. Now I'm just stupid. <laughs> okay. Anything we want to close out with? No, Houdini, stop. This is not going to exercise for you to get all your audio clips up. Not interested. All right, we'll close it out. Let's go to... I don't have anything to add to that. All right, we're done. Close your, close your computer. Close that application. I can't close it. You I want a song? No, I do want a song. That okay. application. Ah, that application I, okay, okay. I don't think you've done one Pyro promo during this whole no, podcast. I did. I did the Reddit. Okay, Pyro. Yeah, no, it's good. We don't need to. We don't need to. We're good. We're, we're, we're busy hard. We did a lot of Pyro promos with the content. 
with the pieces that are coming out. I think that we don't need a pyro promo at right now because we're working hard on a lot of stuff for the next season. Just no need. Uh... All right. Anyway, I think uh, for me, I think this is a good podcast to come to grips with maybe something. I think that mock drafts really summed it up. Something that I really missed out on that would have helped my team. Hearing how you guys prepare in the offseason and all these great pieces of content that we're going to have are going to be great. We're going to be doing these again. Uh, what Houdini throw down? Instead of a sound clip, let me let me give my final summation. I, I like this as well. No! <laughs> Just kidding. No, don't do it. Oh, don't you do it. I was kidding. I was kidding. I, I, I can kidding. always I always have something. No, you, know? you don't have to. You go. I like it. Whatever you're going to say. Are you listening to me when I'm talking to you? So, what I really like about this is as we get to the off season, this, these are the times in the podcast that I think are the most beneficial to all of you as listeners. And I know the listenership goes down in the off season, but those of you that stick with us, this is the key because this is where we are the different website, blog, podcast. We're not a blog. We, we, we pull the curtain back. And we show you all of our tools. And we tell you everything that... Okay, that sounded bad. Yeah, wow. Couldn't you edit that out? We, you know, it's awesome, though. To, again, it's, okay, I'll go back to my... Let's go back to the fisherman model, because that's, that's what it is. It's teaching you to be a fisherman, not pulling your pants down and then showing you our tools. Our toolbox of knowledge, Mark Tressman. Toolbox. We're building the man. We're building that's that's Mark Trump. We're building the man. Uh, we're building the fantasy uh, champion here is what we're doing. So I, I agree, and I it, it, it's fun to not. It's been nice not to have to talk about an NFL game as I said. How about that? Right? It's fun. Uh, I, we have a good time with this off season. It's been great having stags in the mix. A, a just a really uh, a, a stag party. Sorry. Short, oh, is it stagnation? Oh. Yeah, right, it's been man. great having you because you have you come with a lot of different kind of mindsets, which is awesome. I, you know, as you guys know, I'm more of a heart and a feel, and I've got been doing this for ages. Uh, but what I really need to do this offseason, something I'm going to try and do for you, but also for myself and teams, is engage back on the numbers and the details and the finer things a bit more. Pull I've out. got, I've got, yeah, I'm going to pull. I some nights I go out wearing a condom. I just know, <laughs> I just know the deal is going to get sealed. So why not, why not remove one step? From the process. Yes, this is what I do. And wow. this is why I don't know what this to is say why you listen to me. Not because of any of my fantasy football prowess. It's all about I just I'm the just telling you though, this the is the, this is the best time for for preparation to understanding. We give you the regurgitation of last year, how to how to take that regurgitation and spew it out into amazing knowledge for the next year. And that's what we're doing, and that's our passion. Yeah. This is, to, to be honest, when we are working in the regular season, that's work. Yeah. This stuff in the off season, this is passion. And it's so stressful. Yeah, I just sit down and like, wait, what was that number? Wait, what was that number three years ago? What was that number five years ago? And then suddenly I have like 400 numbers on the sheet, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta make a piece of content out of these numbers. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm gonna map it together. Like the other week, uh, I, I got real, I was looking at something, I'm like, running back receptions. They seem like they were up this year. So I mapped it out over the last 10 years. They were up from the last five years. But five years previous to that, they were down. So it's like, fuck. 
I can't turn this into anything. <laughs> Isn't that funny the way you, you, you go down a road and you realize there's so many notes that you did and you then you're all of a sudden like, it doesn't work. And you spend an I hour. I thought it was right. You spend an hour going no, but, down that road. But that's, but that's, that's beneficial and that's, yep. what, that's what we tell everyone because we say, I, I, or how many times have I said in podcasts in the off season, I went into this expecting to find this result. I looked at all the data. That result is not even close to what the reality yeah. is. This is a reality. And then it changes your whole perspective. We all come with preconceived notions and, some, and the data and finding and trying to unearth this great information sometimes shows a different light. It's funny with you also some of the stories. You'll write even for like Bitch Lab. You'll, you'll write, full on write a little snippet about eight or nine guys that don't even make the article. They'll call me and be like, hey, check this out. Yeah, should I already written piece? Should I include this guy? Nah, that guy that might not work. You're like, yeah, that, when I was writing this out, I kind of realized that he's he had not really two a bitch. Games. Yeah, <laughs> he actually had two games. Right. It's funny that until you really do the, the work and do the research and get the mind the information, sometimes you're going in thinking that it's something different than what it is. Well, and and, and this is something that I think is important too uh, as a writer. That's exactly what happens every time you're writing. You, I write so much stuff that I throw away. Yeah. That that doesn't that that was written. No, goodbye. Totally start from scratch. Start over again. I think that's the kind of mentality as a fantasy owner that you need to have. Yep. You need to be able to be able to sit there and be like, you've done all this work. You know what? It's all fucking crap. Yep. It doesn't mean shit. I mean, I, I now I know what I need to do. Let me get on that stream. I do the same thing with design. The first that whenever you show a client a design, that, that client's not seeing three different design directions that you fully did, but you're like, that's not worth signing, or because you did that, you got to where you really have, and it's just really, a, you know, it's just all great artists, all great uh, minds, from Kanye West to Bach to uh, friggin' Francis Ford Coppola, are trying to edit this thing down to its rarest form and finding this thing, this is the perfect amount right here. And there's always going to be a lot of fat and information that you don't need within there that can get removed along the way. No one sees it, but it's work that was done. For example, like we were talking about how we want to improve our sound on our podcast. And I I said, oh, I'm going to bring my friend in who's a sound engineer. And I said, the one thing you need to know about him, he's very meticulous. So where one guy might just come in and be a sound guy and say, you get it done in like, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, he may go, you know what, I may need to come back. I, I have some ideas for you. <laughs> That'll be the one where I'm like, Houdini, you're dealing with it. I'm going That's, to lunch. It's your house, though. Give me a key. Yeah, you'll have a key. <laughs> you already know the passcode to get That's in right. Here. That's right. <laughs> you already have a key. All right, let's do it. Great stuff, guys. This is good, good stuff. Love having you guys around and talking fantasy. I did fired it. up for uh, what is? Is it the Pro Bowl this weekend? Right? Yes. The, You're fired up for that. The, Andy I, Dalton just the, got in. He got in. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Just fired up that there's not a and game Martellus that really Bennett. matters. And Martellus Bennett. Oh, the, Martellus Bennett had a pretty good season, Pro Bowl caliber in terms uh, of numbers. Yeah. Andy Dalton. But he's off also a it's also how the Pro Bowl is. <laughs> Andy Dalton is replacing Aaron Rodgers. Martellus Bennett is replacing Rob Gronkowski. So NFC, AFC has nothing to do with anything. Just saying. Fair enough. All right. (laughs) Right. Close it out with Incubus. It's going to be Dig. Thanks for listening, guys. Fire it up.